Oh, right. <laughs> With that, we start the podcast. Welcome to episode 168 of the Bite Me Podcast. We're a video game podcast. We talk about video games. It's great. Uh, today, we're going to talk about the video games we've been playing. If you've never been here before, we do this every time. We talk about what we're going to talk about. It's a thing. We're going to talk about news. Uh, Phil Spencer. When I wrote this, when I wrote down this earlier, I, I wrote Phil Spencer doesn't think Xbox is competing with Sony or Nintendo anymore. Except I wrote Phil Specter. And <laughs> when I went back and read my show notes, I'm like, I don't know what Phil Specter's thinking about. Probably being in prison. And then he shot a lady in the face. <laughs> yeah, and his really big hair. Uh, Jedi Fallen Order is selling way better than EA had hoped. Castlevania Season Three is coming out next month. If you are into the, I don't know, anime Castlevania. Uh, GeForce Now, which is something we have not talked about in a hot minute, is apparently out of beta, and there's a pretty good deal on it if you are into streaming things from the cloud down to your computer. Uh, Dan Hauser is leaving Rockstar Games, which is a potentially a pretty big loss for Rockstar. He's he's relatively important. Uh, Wonderful 101 is getting a HD remaster. It's Yay. currently on Kickstarter. Dylan's super excited, and so he's going to tell us about that because I don't know what Wonderful 101 is. Um, I haven't get it. What was the what was that like game show on the Xbox? Uh, one versus 100. Yeah, I always get it confused with that, and then people are like, it was on the, the, the Switch or whatever, and I'm like, huh? Anyway... Xbox Game Pass quests have been reworked. It's actually really pretty cool. If you haven't gotten into the Game Pass um, or the Microsoft Reward stuff, now might be the time. It's pretty cool. Uh, thousands of old Flash games have been saved, which, depending on probably when you grew up, is probably a pretty cool thing. We'll talk about that. We got questions from Vinny McWhopper. Uh, turned down for what? Mr. Polite, Joe Coleslaw, Princess Megan, Kim Cruz, and uh, our good friend Hans. A couple of cheap free games from PlayStation Plus, Game Pass, and the Epic Game Store. But first, what have we been playing? Dylan. He just wrote down Divinity 2. Tell us about Divinity 2. It's a fantastic game. How far are you into it? I finished the first act, I guess. Sure. Um, when you start, you're kind of like on this island and you have to get off of it, which sounds <laughs> easy. It's so not. what you're saying is the first of that game is the exact same as Breath of the, of the Wild. You have to get off the island. Except there's kind a plateau, of, I guess. But the four hours you spend doing it is probably 12 and it you actually do things. Is it more um, fun? Probably. Yeah, I guess I'm guessing um, it is too. There, I mean, the island has a lot of things to do. But you're kind of imprisoned, more or less, and sure. you're trying to escape. Um, and it was quite scintillating, but it's been done. I'm off the island as of now. Um, so now I, I don't know what to expect now because my world was so small, and now I have a feeling that so much more is going to open up. Sure. Because um, I was locked in this very... I was not an island. It was an island, right? Um, now I assume I'm going to be on more like a country or continent uh, rather than just one little island. God, I hope you're on a continent and this just game is like, now Now there's another 10,000 hours of gameplay right. while Dylan rocks, walks across Montana. Right, exactly. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. It is it is a fantastic game. I highly recommend it for anyone who wants to like play Dungeons & Dragons, but in a computer game. Doesn't have any uh, friends. Hey, I, I remember I played the old uh, Baldur's Gate games sure. on PC. 
this seems to me like that, but modern, and it makes sense why they're doing the new one. Um, Baldur's Gate 3 is made by the same studio, I believe. It is, it is, yeah. Larian? Um, yes. Studios, I think. Um, have you run into, because you did not play the first one, correct? Did not. Have you run into any times where that would have been important or where you wished you had? or I don't think so. I think from a lore perspective, like you might know the world a little bit better to what's going on, because apparently there's gods and you're god-woken, which means I assume... I understand that at some point you can ascend to be a god, but only one can kind of thing. So I know that if you play with your friends, like only one of you, you only one of you will be a god. Like you can't all do it. So I know that's kind of a part of the game, I guess. So maybe that matters from the past, but it seems to be its own standalone thing in the similar world. Yeah, because I've thought about picking it up. A lot. I mean, it's been on my wish list since I think before it came out. Like PC Gamer did a big review on it. Like I'm going to say three months before it came out, I was like, "Oh, that game sounds dope." And and so I've been kind of watching it for a long time. But every time I go to buy it, I'm like, oh, "I should really beat the first one first. So it's good to know that maybe yeah. that just doesn't matter. Maybe I, I don't just... know if you need to beat the first one first. Um, and why I, I also read that. This one seems to be the better one, so yeah. I just started there rather than playing one game for many, many, many hours and then playing the second one that's obviously better, but I've already played the game for many, really many, many, many similar. hours, yeah. right? Um, so I think I probably made the right choice, and I'm you're enjoying s- it. So You're smart, Dylan. Don't let anyone tell you different. Thanks. <laughs> Have you played anything else? No. This is, this is what I do when I am home It's now. enough. Um, because there's a lot of like, oh, I spent 20 minutes in that battle and lost. I should probably yeah. oh. again. So it is one of those games, but I'm also not playing it on like Explorer mode. So yeah. for those of you that that sounds awful, there's two difficulties below what I'm playing it on. So I'm sure you can kind of cruise if you just want to progress through the story, which is probably very interesting. I'm not very far in, so I can't say a lot. Yeah, and you said there's like a there's a a story mode which is kind of the traditional easy mode these days, but there's actually one below that called like explorer mode. I believe, and I believe it's in that order. So I think story mode there's still a little challenge, and then explorer mode is I think with a lot of the challenge removed that you just can explore more or yeah. less versus story. So, um, but it's fun. Like there's so like you can build your character in endless degrees of variety and do whatever you want and have whatever abilities and skills and spells and weapons and things so much flexibility and you can have four characters which is a lot of different permutations of things you want to do so Uh, how so um like you have a party of four oh really and so you can play as one you can play with your friends or you can just control all four are uh, you how are you playing it I'm playing. I have a party of four people. That's cool. I'm not playing with anybody, but I have the dwarf, the lady enchantress. Um, my main character is the red lizard guy because he just looks cool. He is cool. And uh, the ranger. Very so cool. You got a little variety in there. Um, yeah, that's nice. That's what I. That's what I know. 
Very nice. All right, uh, Cole, you've been playing the same games you've been playing for. Uh, no, no, you got something new in there, Hard West. I've got all different games in there. You've been playing that Stardew for a while. Well, I mean, just Stardew. I beat that. All right. I put, oh, you beat it? Yeah, I put uh, 82 hours into it, I think. Dang. That's wow. a lot more time than I want to put into Stardew. And I mean, I'm impressed. Technically, I didn't beat it because there's no beating that game. You can just go on forever. Um, Do you get like a credits roll at some point, though? I, as far as I can tell, no. Um, I mean, I guess the credits roll would literally just be like, like <laughs> this guy, guy. yeah, <laughs> this guy again, <laughs> this guy again. Maybe he would do it like a Neil Breen movie where he would just make up names of everything. <laughs> um, I love it. Um, so how do you beat it? Or you just stop? Pretty the much. Game beats you. I mean, like, so, at, I don't know, spoilers, not spoilers. At the end of year two, your grandfather, like... Comes back to life as a zombie. Eh, kind of. He comes back in, like, your dreams and's like, hey, I assume he, rate, like, rates you based on what you're doing on mine. He's like, hey, good job. I mean, I suppose if you just, like, sat around for two years and fished and let the, you know, farm just, like, go to rot, hell. you'd be like, I don't know, not so good, dude, but I don't know. Um and like you made a lot of friends and blah blah blah, but interesting. That's from kind of what I can tell. That's when most people say like that's what the where the game ends. Um, I'll be honest. I want Stardew Valley at the end. I want your grandpa to come back as a zombie and like infect the town, and then the second two years of the game is you like creating a homestead to fend off the zombie apocalypse. Or you could do it like where it just like segues into Graveyard Keeper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Um, Graveyard Keeper's just the, the, the unofficial sequel to Stardew Valley. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm down. No, I, I played it for that, and then I played, because, like, that ended, I was in the middle of trying to marry some lady, and so I married her. Some lady. Yeah. And uh, then I was like, I think I'm done. Like, I can <laughs> continue. And at some point, I may, like, just put, like, you know, a couple hours here and there, but I doubt it. I'll probably just buy Gra- Graveyard Keeper. Yeah. Um... 82 hours is a respectable amount of time to put into a video for, game. I think I paid 15 bucks for it. That's Absolutely. Your ROI on that's pretty good. It's fun, too. I, oh, I, have, yeah. I, haven't, yeah. I haven't gone back to it yet, but it's what I played was fun. I, I, I go back and forth whether I actually preferred my time at Portia. Um, and I think I preferred my time at Portia just because I put, I think, 125 plus hours into that. So, <laughs> you know, just based on time alone. Um, I think my time at Portia is better at relationship building, if that makes sense. Really? Yeah. Interesting, because I think the relationship building part of my time at Portia is really weird, and I don't particularly care for it. It's weird, but at least it's there. Like, in in, um, Stardew, you really don't need to do it. Like, for the most part... I mean, I had, like, quote-unquote friends in that game, but it was mostly because, like, oh, here, do this quest, and it'll, you know, give you friendship points. It wasn't like I went out of my way to do things, and it, in my time at Portia, I did. Like, I went to all the events, and you can get, like, friendship points there and stuff, whereas in Stardew, it was just kind of like you went to the events, and it was mostly because they had stuff on sale that you couldn't get at other places. I don't know. It felt oddly more i don't know because there is like a kind of interesting community part to stardew but i think i preferred my time at portia yeah, uh, i'll talk about how yeah, i dislike yeah. the community when i get around to my time at portia, portia. Uh, and portia. then i played 
hard west, which I don't know, like much like Slim Jims, I keep going back to um, those like tactical, like I don't know what those are called, tactical. Yeah, like strategy games. Strategy games. Turn-based. Yeah, turn-based yeah. tactical games. I keep going back to those thinking that I'm like, this is the one I'm going to enjoy. And every time I do it, I'm like, no, no, I yeah. don't like it just as much as all the other ones I've played. That's how I, I like with RTS games. <laughs> I liked the combat in that game a lot, but the in-between stuff just didn't do it for me. See, and I didn't like... Yeah, the in-between stuff, I was like, I don't care. Um, yeah. And the combat, I thought was somewhat strange like i don't know i i couldn't tell if it was because i haven't played a ton of those games i can't tell if it's just like this game's not particularly great at it or if all of these types of games aren't particularly great at it but like i you know there was one guy left and i'm like i'll shoot him and from where i was i was like kind of behind cover and so it's like well you have like a 60 percent or 64 percent chance of hitting him i'm like well, I've still got some point, like action points left, so I'll get closer and you know, get it higher. And so, like literally, I got closer, and it was like a straight on shot. And it's like you have a sixty percent chance of hitting them now. I'm like, well, it too close. Th- things have changed, but for the better. And yet, I have less of a chance of hitting this person. And I don't know. It just seemed kind of. So is know. it? Uh... It's. I mean, obviously, turn-based strategy game looks kind of XCOM-y or yeah, yeah. Year Zero-y or but whatever. But set you're... in the Old West. Is it? Does it have like yeah. a bit of a supernatural kick uh, to it? Too? Kind of. Uh, the devil's involved a bit. It appears. I didn't play it that much. So. I, the and devil's I, involved with everything. I know. It. Uh, I played a probably two hours of it, and yeah, like the devil was kind of there. My dad got a cursed amulet and it cursed all of us. And at that point in time, I'm like, I, I don't care. I, I think at that point in time, I'm like, how long is this game? And I looked it up. It's like 13 to 21 hours. I'm like, yeah, that's not going to happen. Like, let's, think, let's just cut our losses guys and part ways. I think that's the thing about every turn-based strategy game I ever look at is, is I'm like, this is fun enough. I could play this for like, if they had five a good hours. story, yeah, I could play it this for five or six hours. And then all of them are like, 13 to 25 and i'm like i know i'm gonna hit 25 because i mean just a because of what kind of gamer i am and b because i'm not good at these but uh so here's a question that you may remember jagged alliance and syndicate yes were those turn-based I think Jagged Alliance was. I don't really remember Syndicate, though. Because I remember playing both of those and loving both of those. Maybe you were just younger. I mean, I think that there's a real reality to that, too, is... I think I could get if I, if I had more time to play games, I could get into these kind of games more. Because what I dislike most about turn-based strategy games is... And Dylan and I have talked about this, too. Is I don't ever want to lose... But I don't want to feel like everything is easy either. Like, I really want these games to be tuned so that every battle is really, really close, but I want to win all of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I don't know how to, like, deus ex machina that into a video game, to but that's exactly what I want. To me, it feels like they're, like, the AI for the bad guys just isn't where it sh- is that a robin hood mug just yes this 
for for I guess you and Dylan, yes, this is my Robin Hood, like the Disney animated cartoon tune coffee mug. That's I love amazing. it. I got it at Disneyland movie. like two or three years ago. It's I love. It's probably one of my favorite Disney animated movies. It's movie. my favorite. Yeah. yeah, it's it's definitely probably in the top two or three for me. Yeah. And uh, you never can find Robin Hood stuff. So when I found this, I just, was very just excited. kind of a tangent here. I watched uh, Back to the Future three the other day, I and love that the. Movie. One of the the voice actors in Robin Hood is also in um, Back to the yeah. Future Three, and it's the dude who has like the most distinct voice ever. Yeah, he's and the vulture in Robin Hood, and he's the vulture. I think so. See, I thought it was like I don't know. Is it also the guy who's one of the bullets in? Yes. Um, yeah, <laughs> in Roger Rabbit. Uh huh. Yeah. And and so like I heard that I'm like that dude like just has such a distinct voice that it is jarring and distracting that he is in this movie absolutely anywho but i i've been in like 500 uh oh yeah yeah um it feels like the ai in those type of games at least the ones i've played is i won't say it's bad it just reacts strangely i don't know AI always feels like a little bit unfair Mm -hmm. like it's like the AI knows something about me that I don't know about it. And I, I don't know if it does. And I don't know what that is. But it always seems like like they know the rules mm-hmm. a little bit better than I do. And it's like they have... They may not be able to shoot me any better than I can shoot them. But it always seems like they just have like some... Slightly some higher I, chance. It, it, yeah. al- it almost feels like they're like, well, our AI isn't going to be as good as a human player in these strategy games. So let's give them a slight, you know, like slightly better accuracy or slightly better luck kind of thing. And so it feels kind of like, the, you know, the rubber banding in... Uh, like racing games where yeah. you're like, uh, well, yes, I'm in first place, but you know, of course the dude came from behind out of nowhere to win it. And it's that, or it's, it's even more like when you're playing destiny or when you're playing doom or you're playing whatever shooting McShooty game you're playing, like you can legitimately say, Hey, it, maybe it never makes sense, but you are completely capable in those games of being the one guy that kills a thousand guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and every single one of these games, I'm like, I could kill two guys, maybe three guys, but oh God, there's eight of them. Like, yeah. what do you do when... I, I, and maybe it's just that I'm bad at them too. Like, I have yeah. not played a lot of them, but I don't have the patience to get better at them either, yeah. which is why I want them to all be very, very easy, but not... Th- feel very very easy yeah so. so anyway i played it for about two hours and just decided that i wasn't gonna beat it and i didn't really want to play it all that much more and it's a shame because like graphically it looks really cool Yeah, it's got kind of a cool like and i've heard the story's really interesting yeah i've I been just, just watching gameplay videos of it and the aesthetic of it just looks neat yeah i just don't want to play it but i get it I so get then it. i had a choice to make so i had two games i'm like i can play dragon's dogma which i just got on sale or i can play legend of zelda breath of the wild now dragon dogma is a 360 game right yeah it's a 360 game that's been remastered for okay. the switch i've heard great things about it they talk about it on waypoint all the time and i pl- so i started drag dragon's dogma and i'm like you know what? This is silly. Like, I have been putting off Link's Awakening, or Link's Awakening, uh, Breath of the Wild for a long time. I mean, I've had it since I've had my Switch, and I've had my Switch for maybe 
six months after the release of the Switch. Sure. Like the when it originally came out. And so I'm like and I've tried I've played it. This will be my third time yeah. of starting it. And every time I get about five hours in and something new and shiny comes along and I'm like, I'm gonna go play that instead. And I'm like, I'm gonna sit down and I'm really gonna put all of my, you know, whatever towards beating Breath of the Wild. And it turns out that I just don't like Breath of the Wild. Like, I know that that is an unpopular opinion in the gaming community, but I just don't think it's that great of a game. It sure is not an unpopular opinion on this podcast, though. I, I, so it is the game that I want to like that game. Like, it's not like I'm going into this game going like, eh, you know, uh, I want to, I, I really like a lot of Zelda games. Yeah. Even the 3D ones. Like, I mean, I just, I want to like this game. And it's like, at every turn, they're like, well, what if we add something that is really stupid and makes you want to hate it? I'm like, well, that wouldn't be good. They're like, well, we're going to do it. You know, it's, I could complain about the weapons breaking because I think it's stupid. But, okay, so weapons break. I'll, I can handle that. But it's a fact- gameplay decision call so that you have to think about everything you do in a different way instead of just using a weapon to always do it. Use a weapon as a weapon. And, okay, I'm fine with that. But, like, I don't know. If you have an axe that cuts wood and that's its main job... I would think that it wouldn't break after you hit someone with it four times. Maybe they've used it to cut wood too many (laughs) times. So many times. Like, I own an axe. And, I mean, quite frankly, mom and dad have an axe that we've had since... 30 years. Yeah. Yeah. And it hasn't broken despite hitting logs, which are really more dense than, say... People? uh, Yeah. Um, I would think that if I just, you know, went through five or six people, that axe would not break. No. But in Breath of the Wild, it does. Of course and it does. And even if I get past that, the fact that a weapon breaks and it doesn't switch to the one that is next in line mm-hmm. drives well, me insane. Or even the next most powerful one. Yeah, I don't care either way because yeah. because the way the buttons are set up, you've got your hand on your left you know, thumbstick. If you're in battle... And your weapon breaks. You then have to move your finger from the thing that makes you move to your, you know, D-pad to switch to something else. And I don't understand why you would do that. Yeah, I Um, thought that game overall had a bad controller layout. And mm -hmm. I thought that there were too many... There were too many buttons that did too many things. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't... Like, I know that sounds like something an old person would no, say. No, I get but, it because like, well, and it's like, you know, if you're holding this button and use the D pad, then it does yeah. something slightly different. And it just does not feel good. The, you know, Hey, we're going to have tons of little, essentially mini game, you know, yep. shrines that you have to do. I did like 10 of them. And it was kind of like, I am, I'm over this. I don't yeah. want to do, Oh, I need those to get more health. And or, well, no, not and, or stamina. Yeah. And it's like, well, which do I choose? Because I need more health, but I also need more stamina. And the stamina is super annoying. Uh-huh. And the stamina, like, there was an island that had a, 
um, a shrine. And I'm like, okay, I can swim to that. It's not very far. So I swim out to the shrine, and it has thorns all around it. And I'm like, oh, cool. I don't know oh, how yeah, to... Oh, yeah, yeah, I've done that one. I don't know how to get into this. You whatever. light it on fire. I don't know. I don't have anything to light it on fire. Go find a torch. I'll get into those fire in a second. Yeah. And then I'm like, well, okay, I'll swim back. But because there's like a weird current, I could not have made it to the shore. I had to go through every single food that I had made that had a stamina buff to get to the shore. And I just barely made it. And I was real curious what would have happened if I would have died. Would it have sent me back to the island? In which case... (laughs) You're screwed forever. Yeah. Yeah. I would have had to have just fast traveled to somewhere else. But the food is annoying. Yep. Like... I don't know. I'm glad that I can cook and make all sorts of weird things, but I'm pissed that it, you know, every time I cook, it's, you know, beep, 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 beep. Mm -hmm. Okay, you made one thing. Well, if I want to make five of those, I have to go through that every single Mm -hmm. time. You know, I I was stuck in a shrine where I was just getting killed over and over again because the thing inside was a one-hit kill. Was it one of those giant machines that you have to kill? Yes. Those things suck. And, uh... I watched the, you know, the, like, YouTube tutorial on it. It's like, oh, yeah, you just don't get hit by it. And I'm like, well, okay. Oh. But, like. So you just get good? Is yeah. Is that the YouTube tutorial? Pretty much. And uh, after about seven or eight times of just dying, I'm like, okay, fine. But every time I died, it's like, you know, you can make food that'll, you know, up your defense and stuff. And I'm like, well, yeah, I can. But I then have to go find a fire with a pot on mm-hmm. it to do that. I don't know where the nearest pot is. It's not like, you know, I would have had to have marked those on my map. And it's just. Well, it's not like this is Minecraft where they're just like, here's all the recipes that you need to build this stuff. Like it's a lot of the recipes have really weird foods in them. So I end up most of the time just eating like meat that I cooked. It's just (laughs) unseasoned meat. They're like, that doesn't work very well. I'm like, well, hey, it's what we've got. Okay. I put peppers in it. That'll make me warm. I guess. I guess. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I found that game. I, I think I feel exactly the same way. Whereas after doing about 10 or 15 of the shrines, I'm just like, these are boring. And once you've done all the different kinds, yeah. the only good ones are the kind of puzzle ones. And even um, those. And even those, I like, I got so frustrated with the game overall that I just started, like, as soon as I hit a puzzle that I didn't understand, I just look up a walk. Oh, yeah. Well, it. so there was, a, there was a shrine where you had a, like, a water, like a pool. And then there was like a cage that you had to get a ball into the cage. Yeah. The balls were in thing. Cool. And I'm like, okay, so you just, you've got the little ice thing and you can raise a block. And I'm like, okay, trying to figure that out. And then I noticed that there's like a bowl in the bottom of the water. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's magnetized. So I pick it up with the magnet and I pick up a ball with, you know, in the bowl and I pour it into the cage. I'm like, oh, okay, that was easy. And I go into the next room and it, there's like a, a pressure plate. Yep. And then more balls and a cage, but the cage has a top on it. And I'm like, okay, so you drop the bowl on the pressure plate that opens the 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 top. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, okay, what I'm guessing I have to do is drop the, the bowl on the pressure plate, and then maybe I put a ice thing under one of the balls and then I stasis it so that I can hit it and, you know, get the momentum and shoot it up into the, the Uh cage. I'm like, that's what I have to do. 
and I keep trying it, and I'm like, I just can't. I can almost make it into the cage, but it doesn't seem anywhere where I am that I can hit it into the cage. I'm like, finally, I'm like, okay, what do I do? And I watched the YouTube tutorial, and they're like, oh, yeah, you just use the bowl to put the ball on top and then drop it on the pressure plate, and it drops in. And I'm like, so quite literally, it wasn't like they crafted a good puzzle that required two different, you know, like, thoughts. It was, here's one puzzle. And here's the exact same same puzzle. puzzle. I'm like, that's not interesting. That's just bad puzzle making. Like the way that I was trying to do it would have been better puzzle making. So here's the real question, Call. Are your favorite shrines the one that have motion control puzzles? Um while or would I you was, rather stab yourself in the eye with your own Joy-Con if they make you do another motion control puzzle? I only hit one, and while I was doing it, my wife literally was like, hey, may, maybe you should take a break from the game. <laughs> you, you seem to be yelling a lot of swear words loudly. I'm like, well, yeah, it's because this puzzle is the most horrible thing i have ever seen in a game it's so terrible it's like it's like one of those i mean it is one of those you know like little marble maze things that mm-hmm. are on a wood block that you can play with when you're a kid but if i don't know someone had just hit you in the head and given you a concussion and wanted you to do that so you couldn't really control it oh, great motion controls are so bad i like the funny thing is, is like apparently the easy way to do that is I think you disconnect your joy cons and you flip them upside down. And you just use the bottom of it, oh. but I think I probably did the exact same thing you did, where eventually you just catch the ball and just start throwing it across. Yeah, the I thing. literally yeah. did like a kick flip on it and I uh-huh. hit it over the thing. I'm like, well, that was a lot easier because I, well, it was even that you're holding the I, I've got a pro controller. I'm holding it flat, mm-hmm. like it is literally flat. I could have put it on the table, and you look at the screen and it's tilted, and yep. I'm like. Well, this is broken. <laughs> like, it's not that, you know, I'm doing this wrong. It's a, This is literally what my Joy-Con is doing is not what the screen They're is doing. terrible. They're absolutely terrible. It, uh, I, I, and the, the good news is, if you keep playing, is there's more of those. Well, well like, <laughs> I have made it to where you meet, like, the Zoras, the yeah. people. And then I got hit by lightning, and I won't repeat what I said when I got hit by lightning, but it was something along the lines of like, oh, joy, apparently you can get hit by bleeping lightning in this bleeping game. That's awesome. I'm glad I just died. Yep. If you're holding a metal sword, it's worse. <laughs> yeah. And at that point in time, I'm like, no, I just, I, I've put probably somewhere between... 10 to 20 hours, I guess 15 to 20 hours, somewhere in that range. And I'm not having fun. Uh-huh. The music's yeah. good when there the is music. Great. The story's good. I like the, the story a lot. I like the graphics. Yep. Um, I don't get everyone's like, oh, anything you can see, you can climb with the huge asterisks of, well, you know, as long as you have the stamina, also not in shrines because hopefully it's not raining. Those are made I, of different things, and your rain really affects it. And also, there's a lot of crap that you're going to have to deal with. And yeah, I just I don't I don't get it. But I don't, I don't know. know. This is probably the fourth time we've actually had this exact same conversation <laughs> on the podcast. I'll I be know. honest; it's just I, not. 
I, I, I don't know. I hope the new one's better. The reason, I mean, the reason I started playing it is because one of the video game podcasts I listened to named it Game of the Decade. Uh-huh. And the amount of times I've heard it brought up in the last six months of, like, it's like Red Dead Redemption 2, but better. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, maybe I missed something when I played it the other two times. So I really need to sit down with it. And I don't understand it. I think that it, the reality is, is that you have to be a, first of all, a very particular kind of gamer um, to really enjoy it. But I think the reason it got so many critical accolades is that it's very different than a lot of games. And it takes, it takes a lot of pieces from other video games and puts them all into one game. It's got kind of like the, the combat in that I would call almost dark souls. Souls, It's not hard, but it's got that kind of, you know, where you've got a block and then, you know, attack and then dodge. And it's got that kind of combat and it's got this big exploration thing, but it also has, it hits people that like to collect things really hard. And I, maybe it's just me. I don't want any of that stuff in a legend of Zelda game. I don't want any of that stuff in any game. Like, but the thing is, is if, if that wasn't a legend of Zelda game, I might give it like a weird bit of a pass because it's not a Legend of Zelda game. Yeah. Like, you know, if if I went into a Legend of Zelda game and the battles were like, oh, okay, now it's going to go into like essentially a Final Fantasy, you know, turn-based yeah. thing, I go like, well, this is weird because it's that's not what Legend yeah. Legends of Zelda does. And so it feels very like I'm like, I want this to be just a Legend of Zelda game. That's this, you know, pretty different, you know, like that looks like this, that, you know, controls like this. And instead I got like a Zelda game that, yeah, it has like weird Dark Soul bits and and I just don't like it. I also don't want it to be 40 hours long or 45 hours long. I I mean, here's the thing. Like, I would, I would maybe even accept that if it felt more like a Zelda game. Yeah. I I just, I didn't. It is what it is. I think. I think what I was what I was saying though is I think that it reviewed well because it's the kind of game that reviewers don't get to play very often, yeah. um, and it hit a lot of it hit a lot of spots that I think a lot of reviewers enjoy. So yeah. I don't know. Not for me. Not for me. So anything else? Um, no. I think maybe we'll never just, have to talk about Breath of the Wild again. I, too. I, well, I'm not. I'm, not, I'm done. I'm yeah, gonna go to play no Dragon's Dogma. I'm. I keep thinking I'm going to pick it up again, and then I remember, like, the last time I played it, I think I had a very similar experience where I got to an area that I can't beat the guys in, and I ran out of weapons, you know? And yeah. so, like, in order for me to play that game, I'm going to have to go back in and then go to an easier part and get some weapons again? I wonder I don't if know. I had, like, God Mode or something, if I would enjoy it. I know I would. Yeah. I'd enjoy it way more if there was God Mode. Or even, like, even, I don't even need God Mode. I just need a weapons don't break mode. Well, I mean, like, that would make that game so much better. To an extent, I mean, like, Zelda games are not difficult. No. For, I mean, like, sometimes, like, big bosses can be kind of difficult. But for the most part, like, I mean, I could probably get easy to halfway through most of them without ever dying. Yeah. And in this one, I was just dying. I wasn't dying constantly, but it was like stupid things where, you know, oh, you need to learn this enemies the way that they attack. And it's like, well, that's awesome, except 
this guy just attacks out of nowhere and I die the first time and I have no idea what happened. And so then I have to go back and I'm like, oh, it happened again. I guess I kind of saw what he did. So maybe I need to learn to counter that. And Well, and sometimes saves aren't very good on it either. Oh, no, no. There yeah. was a couple times where I'm like, oh, cool, I'm back here. Yeah. Yeah, um, I guess as a as a segue, I'm actually playing Link's Awakening right now. I really like that game. I I I like it, but I don't love it. Um, so I'm I'm about halfway done with it. I think there's are, are there eight dungeons or whatever they call them. I think so. Yeah, and I've beat four of them. So I beat the fourth one last night. Um, but I mean, I think to com- like contrast it, that game. Like, I have died in that game. Uh, but usually, I think the thing about that game is, like, usually I die more to, like, misadventure mm-hmm. than I do. Like, it's, I'll, I'll, I'll accidentally fall through too many holes. So, or I'll hit something and it'll bounce around and come back and hit me. Or, you know, it's... I, or, to point out how little I died in that game, like, you can save in that game. And one time I realized, I'm like, oh, when's the last time I saved? And I was... 75% through the game and I went to my save thing and the only save I had was from like I don't know my first day where I had three hearts <laughs> I'm like oh I should save yeah and I, I definitely have died more than that um, and, and I think that's the thing I've always thought about Zelda games is like I always think the combat in them is a little clunky yeah like it's it's very much a like I don't know that dude bumped me like <laughs> like I have a very short sword <laughs> like why did that dude bump me or or you know again you hit something with the armor and it bounces off a wall and it's back into you I'm like oh it bumped me again and now I've, I've lost my life but I'm to the point now where I have like nine or ten hearts so yeah. it, it's fine I'll sometimes get down to four or five but like I said usually it's like I'm being stupid and trying to jump somewhere that I can't I keep falling through the same hole or you know, and then I make a mistake and get shot by a dude with a spear that I didn't see. Whatever. Um, but, you know, it, my biggest complaint about this game, I think, too, is it's kind of like what you were saying is that every single time, like, you, when you kill guys, you get these, like, little acorn things or these little triangle things that give you, I think the acorn thing gives you, like, half damage until it runs out. Yeah. And the triangle thing gives you, like, more attack. But half every damage. single yeah. time you pick one up, you go, I got this acorn thing. Oh, Wait, press A. It does this. That Wait, press drove A. me insane in Breath of the Wild, where it was like, you got an ancient screw. Look at this is what it does. And then a second later, hey, you got an ancient screw. Mm-hmm. This is what it does. I'm like, yeah, no, I, I still remember that from I last time. You, I swear it's it's a Nintendo thing, too. It's yeah. just like, I, I don't know. I don't understand why... Nintendo games, a lot of them just seem to be stuck in a slightly different era where people want that. Because I don't think anybody does. I don't know if anybody ever did, but it used to be they just didn't care as much, maybe? I don't know. But, like, that drives me a little nuts. The... Like, I enjoy the overworld of Link's Awakening more, a lot more than I do the dungeons of of Link's Awakening. Yeah. Um, I do, too. They're not hard, but a lot of them... Like, the entire conceit of the dungeons is finding the next chest that will give you the next silver key so you can unlock the next door. And they're not hard or tricky, but almost every one of them I've had to like look up a walkthrough. But I think my biggest complaint about that game is there are no, there are no quests in that game. Really? Um, Like this bird flies in and he's like, Hey, you should go over here next. I'm like, okay, cool. Where's that? They're like, it's over there to the left. And the game, 
it's really hard to navigate through the overworld because there are a lot of screens that you just can't keep moving through. And so a lot of times I'll like, oh, sweet, I'm right over there. It's like right over, over that river. And I'm like, oh, I can't get over that river. Oh, man, I've got to go back like eight screens and then go up to and then over to get there, which is just a lot of it's just frustrating. Like it, it I, and I mean, I will say that Link's Awakening is a Game Boy game. game. Boy game. That's and what I was going to say. Yeah, you can, can tell. It feels like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I just, you know, there's a there's a there's a quest line in Link's Awakening. They call it like the trading game, and it's it's literally like you yeah. get a thing and give that to someone else who gives you, you another thing, and then you give that other thing to someone else, and they give you another thing, and it's got like 15 steps in it. I got to the third dungeon, and apparently, in order to get into the third dungeon, you need to be doing this trading game, and they're like, really. Yeah, because you you hmm. need. I don't remember what it is, but I think to get the key, you have to get the key from the monkey or something. I don't know. <laughs> like the monkey gives you something. It's to get into the castle, yeah. and and in order to do it, you have to get like six steps of the training game. They're like, you should have been doing this. I'm like, I didn't even know it was a thing. I just thought there was a bunch of random creatures <laughs> saying like, man, I sure I collect. I collect canned goods. If you find any canned goods, bring me one. I'm like, well, haven't run across any canned goods yet. And that's because you had to give four other people things in order to get a can of beans to take to this alligator on the beach. And I'm like, it's just not very, it's not bad. It's just not very forthcoming about where, what it wants you to do next or how you're supposed to get there. Besides that, it's fine. Like, I, I don't know. The downside, I think, with the more traditional Zelda games is they, at some point in time, become a little repetitive. It's you walk in the overworld and, and kill some beasties until you get to a dungeon, and then you find all the keys in the dungeon, and then you come up and do it again. And it's not that all games are not that way, but I just, I'm really feeling it in this one. So, whatever. Yeah. Um, I'm also playing playing my time at Portia, Portia, whatever we're calling it this week. Um and it's fine. I keep wanting to make an inappropriate joke, and I can't. You could. I can't I'll just it. beep you. No, it's fine. It'll just be a, a toad everyone for 30 can't. seconds as yeah. Dylan makes this joke. You can tell. And it everyone can just tomorrow. wonder what it is. Perfect. Know? Perfect. Um, so, like, it's fine. I'm still enjoying kind of the building stuff. It's it's a kind of a weird game because the pacing is a little strange where entire days will go on by on that game where I really don't have anything to do because I'm waiting. Like the, the way you get new things to build is you have to go to the research center and give them CD-ROMs to get new stuff. And sometimes they're like, okay, cool. We'll have that to you in seven days. And I'm like, well, what do I do until then? They're like, I don't know stuff. Hang out. That uh, gets less. So I believe the well, you get into the game. I'm sure eventually you just have kind of figured out most of the blueprints. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times, too, it's like, all right, I finally have this blueprint. They're like, oh, do you have any idea how many of those carbon steel fiber bars you need? I'm like, no. They're like, 60 of them. I'm like, that takes like four. I've got 17 furnaces by now, it feels like. And it's still going to take me six days to make that many. They're like, well, you better get doing that. Also, you're almost out of iron. You should go mine for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not that, like, it's not that, like, the loop's boring. It's not like I'm still relatively addicted to the loop but on top of that they're like oh and by the way you need to go make some friends i'm like i don't want to make friends like in real life i don't want to make friends i just want to stay home and make things they're like 
you need to start dating. I'm like, but why? They're like, have you gone to the picnic yet? I'm like, no, I don't want to go. I don't want to go run in the race. I'm busy making this, this giant thing that they need in order to build a road over to our neighbors so we can have trade. A meteor fell. Shouldn't we care about the meteor? (laughs) So I also spent about, Oh, five or six in-day games trying to find, like, there's a quest where you have to find the dog, right? The yeah, dog yeah. is lost in the whatever. Scraps. Yeah, and I couldn't find him. And they're like, you need to talk to the head of, like, I don't know, the cops in Portia. And I'm like, I can't find him. I've looked everywhere from I don't know where he's supposed to be. It turns out he was waiting for me at the crashed meteor, and I just never went to find him. <laughs> so... Whatever it's the game could use a little more direction. I, I I was forced to take like the research director on a date in order to get a camera because that's how things work. And I'm like, cool. And so I take her on a date. I'm like, she's like, hey, why don't you decide what we do? I'm like, what do we do? I don't know what to do. They give you no information or I missed the screen where they tell you what to do on a date. The dates are like these weird mini games that are harder than you'd think. But I didn't know, so she just, like, followed me around for seven hours, and she's like, you suck, and went home. I'm like, oh, I, I suck, so I don't know. It's it's fine. Uh, I'll keep playing it. I am I just got to, like, the first part of my first winter, so how many years do you have to play it to, like, beat it? Two? I don't know. I hope it's not three, because I don't know if I can play this game for three years. I played it for, I think, a little over four, but I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't um, have four years of Portia in me. Yeah, I, I can't remember when, like, the quote-unquote end of that game is. I'm hoping it's the end of two. I'll look it up. Yeah. All right, Dylan, we're here. We've made it. We've been recording for a real long time. We talked about Breath of the Wild for a long time. That's not great. Yeah. It's okay. What are we doing? News! We are doing news. News, news, news. All right, up first. This is an interesting article, and, like, I don't think he's... I don't think he's right or wrong, but Phil Spencer was quoted as saying that he doesn't think that Xbox is competing with Sony or Nintendo anymore. And his reasoning is, he says, I don't want to be in a fight over format wars with the Nintendo and Sony while Amazon and Google are focusing on how to get gaming to 7 billion people around the world. Ultimately, that's the goal. And he says, that's not to disrespect Nintendo and Sony, but traditional gaming companies are somewhere out, somewhat out of position. I guess they could try to recreate Azure, but we've invested tens of billions of dollars in the cloud over the years, and effectively, they just can't catch up. What do you guys... What do you think about that? Is the next is the next gaming frontier really going to be cloud gaming? And is PlayStation and Nintendo out of the loop on that? Probably a little bit of yes, a little bit of no. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, Nintendo hasn't caught up with, like, I don't know, current <laughs> systems. So I don't they know. They're doing their own thing. Yeah, they're kind of off doing their own thing. And... I think this is one of the. I, I have a feeling that this is one of those things that uh, that I, I, not like that it's taken out of context. But I understand where he's coming from on this. I mean, yeah. he still sees Sony as a, a viable, you know, uh, opponent kind of thing. But if this is where it goes, like if, if this is going where you know he says it is, they may not be. Yeah, I thought it was a really interesting, uh, to me, it was just, it's a very, very different way of thinking about gaming. And I think it's it's something that we as, probably we and most of our audience who maybe don't identify as like hardcore gamers, but are, are definitely harder core. Like if you listen to a gaming podcast, you have a certain 
um, a certain interest in, in video games more so than a more casual gamer, I would say. Um, and I think that it it's one of those things where you know you hear all the time that like actually the major the majority of gamers are women and the majority of gamers yeah. are people over whatever and they're like nah it's not true they're like well what do you know about uh, what do you know mobile about mobile gaming yeah. mobile gaming is massive um, and those people are gamers and and so maybe maybe Google and Amazon aren't going to take over the world when it comes to traditional console gaming, but maybe they're going to do something else that is going to shock everyone. Um, and, but I mean, I think you make a good point. Like Nintendo isn't competing with uh, Nintendo's barely competing with <laughs> PlayStation or Xbox now. So barely has an online component. <laughs> like, which is probably why you're seeing Xbox. The, the article I read about it actually on IGN made some really good points about the fact that Microsoft's really been willing to reach out to PlayStation and Nintendo in ways that you would not expect a competitor to reach yeah. out to um, people that it's competing with. They they literally formed a partnership with Sony to look into how cloud gaming could help consoles. They, I mean, it's been kind of a running joke that Game Pass is going to end up on Nintendo at some point, but I don't know if it's... A, a joke anymore. So the way I see it is that if you actually look at um, Amazon, a lot of where they make their money is AWS. Uh, the majority. Their, they yeah. they make more money on Amazon Web Services than they do selling stuff on Amazon.com. So Netflix. That's wild. Yeah, right? Netflix <laughs> runs on, on AWS. Yep. So basically Netflix, a competitor to Amazon Prime, gives money to Amazon Prime. Yep. And I have a feeling that eventually like, hey, yeah, PlayStation, do you want to run on this? You can use our server stuff. Yeah. And, you know, either way, we're making money. We don't yep. care. Yeah. And so... Microsoft would way rather have Sony running on Azure than having them run on AWS or Google uh, Cloud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I think cloud gaming is going to be... I'm super excited. Like, this sounds so lame, but I'm really excited to try um, the new Flight Simulator game. Um, not because I'm a big flight sim nerd or anything, but I've never been able to, to, I used to always like screwing around with flight, the flight simulator games, but I never had it like a joystick really. Um, and so to be able to play fights, flight simulator on a game pad sounds really fun, Yeah. but that entire game is being processed through, um, the Azure cloud to create the geometry for it. So, I mean, you will be able to fly, like literally I could land a plane in front of my house. It looks like in that game and my house would be there, um, which is kind of cool. And that's kind of the power of cloud computing past project or, or X cloud or the GeForce now or stadia or that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I think it's, I think it was a really interesting take that um, Phil Spencer has um, yeah. and I think that's also the kind of CEO that Phil Spencer is. Um, he just approaches things a little bit different. Phil Spector also approaches <laughs> he, he, a little bit different. Wall of sound, like she kissed the gun and then shot herself. It's super know. weird, super weird. I uh, in kind of an unrelated thing, I, I did a the top 100 Christmas songs that are. Our Christmas station at uh, in December plays, and it was shocking how many of them were Phil Spencer songs. Oh, like that dude Phil was Spectre. Phil Spector. <laughs> that dude was whatever. I, whoever, <laughs> who cares? Phil Spencer did some. I don't even know who you're talking about at this point. I don't either. It's all good. 
It's all good. Uh, next up, Jedi Fallen Order, which I thought was okay. You thought it was okay, Call, right? Yeah. I mean, it's all right. Yeah, Did you play it, Dylan? No. I should bring you my copy of it. You can try it out. It's okay. Yeah, I probably won't. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyways, Vinny has told me that it is in fact the game of 2019. Um, my response is he should have played more games, but whatever. Um, apparently, about 10 million people disagree with us. Um, maybe maybe they don't disagree. It's hard to say. Like maybe they bought it. And we're like this. They played it because it's a Star mediocre. Wars game. Uh, EA actually really thought this game would sell like six to eight million units, and. Uh, it sold almost 10. It's it's on track to hit 10 million units very soon. So 10 million is a very, very respectable amount of games sold. Um, it, it made it the sixth best-selling game of 2019, which is kind of crazy because it came out in, like, what, October? Yeah. So, yeah. But I think that, we, that... No, it came out in November because it came out on your birthday. Oh, you're right. It came out the day before my birthday, November 15th. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Um. I think that what this really speaks to, though, more than anything, is Dylan's right. Yeah, people want to play a Star Wars game. People want to play a Star War. Um, but I think also like the Star War. everyone likes the Star War. Um, I think Not what the internet tells me. No, actually, the internet tells you that actually a lot of people dislike Star Wars for very specific, mostly racist and misogynistic reasons. But that's that's a different. It's actually the exact same set of people. Of uh, it doesn't matter. It's terrible. That like Star Wars. I don't. It's know. weird. I don't know. I don't get it. But anyway, um, I think that it really speaks to that people like single player games. Like sometimes yeah. they just want to play like a good game with a good story with a good, you know, where it's not, it's, it's a discreet thing that you can sit down and play. I think that the success of that, the success of things like God of war, the success of Spider-Man, there are still people <coughs> that play those games. So I don't know. What do you guys I mean, think? That's pretty much all the games I want to play. Yeah. Like single player ones where I don't have to talk with people. I mean, I have a soft spot in my heart for Destinies and um, The Division, and I, I like the software-as-a-service or yeah. games-as-a-service kind of model, but I think there's also something nice to be said about a game that I know I'm going to sit down and I'm going to beat it 10 hours from now. Yeah. So, um, And you're just seeing less and less of those, I think, in the the triple a space. Um, I wonder if you really are. No, probably not, honestly. I mean, let's be frank. Oh, I'm Frank. <laughs> Are you Frank? still Cliff? I'm still or... Cliff. I am still Cliff. Um, I think one of the, the things that you learn when you start doing a podcast is what all your verbal crutches are. Um, mine are Let's Be Frank and At the End of the Day, in case you've ever <laughs> you've ever wondered. But you listen to this podcast, so you know that. Um, at the end of the day, they all know that. Question. At the end of the day, they all know that. Uh, I think that... There are so many games coming out right now that making any supposition uh-huh. about like what they're making more or less of. It's not that they're making more or less of anything. There's 15 times more of all of them than yeah. anything. So if you really – are there less AAA single-player games? Maybe. But like – dip down to like the indie and double a space. And there's probably a bunch of games that you'd really like if you just gave them a chance. So yeah, meh. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, next up. Did you guys watch Castlevania? The anime on Netflix? I watched Kinda. the first season. It's it's, I was, I'm, I guess to say I'm not an anime fan. I do not 
care for anime, mostly because I don't like the animation style um, that is stereotypically part of anim- anime. But I really liked Castlevania. I thought it was a lot of yeah, exactly. Um, I really liked Castlevania. It was it was actiony and it was it was way bloodier than I thought it was going to be. Um, I thought the story was pretty good. I I kind of liked it. So I'm I'm looking forward to another season of that. It's coming out uh, March 5th on Netflix. So are you guys going to power through season two so you can see season three? I, I don't even think I realized there was a season three. I only honest. kind of enjoyed season one. Sure. And I don't know. It's probably one of those shows that if I sat down and like paid attention and watched it, I might enjoy it. But it was one of those. It I just didn't pay all that much attention to it which is sometimes um a sign of i don't necessarily like this yeah. uh and so like i was kind of like half watching it and i got done with what was it three or six episodes the first season? i think the first season was six six and the it, second was, it was three hours ten. long yeah. yeah and i got done and i'm like huh i uh I don't know really what was going on. <laughs> like, See, I was not paying enough attention. And I think I kind of did the exact opposite, where if I think if I'd had to sit down and watch that as like, it's a television show that I am going to sit down on the couch and watch, I probably never would have gotten through any of it. But I watched it while I was writing. I blew through the entire thing while I was like writing a paper for school. Mm. And so I blew through it in like two or three days and just had it on my second monitor and, you know, I watched it. It was enjoyable. I liked the story and I liked everything. But I think I actually did better at it because I didn't pay that much attention to mm. it. So, I don't know. Uh, anyway, if it's if it's your jam, March 5th. Well, that's a month from today. So, check it out. Um, next up, speaking, I guess, uh, as we were earlier, of cloud-based gaming. Do you guys remember GeForce Now? I talked about it, like, a year ago. Probably longer ago than yeah, that. Yeah, a year and a half ago. It's actually, it, I don't know if it still is, but my, I did a, like a little video of playing Rocket League on GeForce Now on my, like, MacBook Air, and it's the most viewed uh, video on our YouTube page, I think. So, um, anyway, apparently today it launched out of beta. Um, and it's it's pretty good. Like, I, I was really happy with it when I played it back then, and I think that it, presents a I think it presents a very compelling alternative to Stadia that is significantly cheaper and lets you play your own games on it so it kind of crosses a lot of the X's I, I do cross an X yeah <laughs> um, I mean, kind of kind of um, that that Stadia missed so like the deal with it is is essentially what you're doing is you're just com- you're connecting to a remote PC somewhere in GeForce's or NVIDIA's server farm, which is actually probably just at AWS somewhere. <laughs> but uh, um, And then you install your Steam games remotely on their server and play the Steam games you already own on their servers. And the deal they're doing right now, so this is, I believe, kind of a limited time deal, um, is there's a free tier, and I assume the free tier will be around forever, but the it's kind of lame. Like you have to get in line for a server to free up and then you can only play for an hour and then it kicks you off, which I don't, I hope there's like a countdown timer or something. I don't know (laughs) if you're playing a game that like, you're like, I can't save. I can't save. I can't save. I I don't know what you do. Maybe it just suspends the game. I I don't know, but it just goes back to the, like, just pause it. But I can't, Mom. Exactly. <laughs> but, like, I mean, there are legit games nowadays that you uh-huh. just can't pause. So, 
Uh, there were less games you just couldn't pause when I was a kid. I just lied a lot more. Um, but anyway, so you can you can play it for free. You get uh, you get to wait in line. You get to play an hour, and then you can like when it kicks you out, you just get back in line and you can play another hour. It's it's weird. Um, or there's a, a paid tier that's actually relatively inexpensive. I guess it's five bucks a month. There's no queue, so you just immediately get into play on a server, um, and you can play for six hours at a time. At which point, I guess at the end of that six hours, it'll kick you off and you have to start again, but there's no queue. Um, you get the RTX ray tracing support. And if you sign up soon, like this is a limited time offer, you actually get 90 days free. So like I signed up today and my next, my first payment's not until March. But the nice thing is, is um, it locks in that $5 a month um, cost for a year. So presumably until next May. Um, and you don't pay that all at once. It's actually literally a $5 a month charge. So you don't have to like come up with 60 bucks to do it. Um, the only downsides with it is it does not work with the thousand games necessarily in my steam library. There's 400 games that it currently works with and finding like, (laughs) there's not just a list, which I think is really frustrating. You can't go out to their website and say, show me the 400 games that it works with and I'll see if they work. They're like, Hey, type in a game you want to play and we'll tell you if it's here or not, (laughs) which is a little bit wonky, but whatever. Um, you do need at least a 15 megabit internet connection for it to work. Um, apparently though, the better the internet connection, the better the game is. I think it only works at 1080, but it'll push up to 120 frames a second. I've heard. So not bad. Um, you do need a PC or a Mac. Um, it works on shield TVs, the Nvidia shield TV thingy or an Android device. So it doesn't work on an iPhone or an iPad, but like, Colby right now is talking to us on a MacBook Air, which is not a gaming PC at all. Like, it's actually probably the opposite of a gaming PC. (laughs) Um, But this would allow him, for five bucks a month, to play most, or at least, well, 400 Steam games um, on his MacBook Air at... Uh, like as if he was on a gaming PC and, and because like most of those, I mean, a, a MacBook air, you can just hook an Xbox controller up to it or hook a PlayStation controller up to it. It would give him the option of playing games that he doesn't have access to on his PC, which is pretty cool. So is that something that would interest either of you? I mean, I signed up, so I guess it does interest me. I I, I own a gaming PC too. <clears throat> I mean, kind of. I mean, though, looking through my Steam library, there's not a ton on here that I'm like, oh, I could finally play that. <laughs> so. What I, I would know. be interested to see is if, if, I mean, first of all, I guess it's just like a subscription service, so I could just give you my login <laughs> and yeah. you could try it. Um, but with the 90-day free, I think it's it's worthwhile for a lot of people to try it out. It, it, it takes a credit card, but it's like I said, it's a monthly after that, so you could actually cancel in your first 90 days. But um, it would be interesting to see if I, did my, if I did Steam sharing with you, if you could play my shared games on shared, it, too. Yeah. Um, but what I'm actually really excited about to try is I have a... Um, like a media center PC, I guess I have one of those like super tiny Intel. Um, I think they call them nucks They're, I mean, it's like, I don't know, probably a four by four by four little teeny box. that has a, a computer inside of it, but it doesn't really, I mean, it's got a video card, but it doesn't have like a gaming video card. I'm really curious if I can use that to play, um, 
game yeah. on my TV. So that's that's kind of what I'm going to try it out with. But it, like I said, I mean, it's 90 days free. You can't really go wrong. And it's not like Stadia where you have to rebuy your games. Um, unless you don't have any Steam games, in which case I guess you do. So anyway, Dylan, is that something? You, you have a gaming PC too, so that's probably not a big, yeah. big thing for you. It's like I said, kind of nice to, you know, you could play games on your Mac at work. We could play games on yeah. our Macs at work, Dylan. I know. Yeah. It's tempting. It's, see, how, see how long that lasts. <laughs> <laughs> Not very long. <laughs> this is ruining my life. <laughs> All right. Next up, uh, Dan Hauser, who is actually the co-founder of Rockstar Games, along with his own brother, um, <laughs> quit and is leaving Rockstar Games. Dude's been on um, an extended vacation since... Um, Red Dead Redemption came out pretty much. Dude was just like, hey, I'm taking a leave of absence. I guess he's just not coming back. Um, so what did Dan Hauser do? He is the writer. Well, no, no. I mean, what did he do? Oh. <laughs> um, I... Mike, I actually, like, yes, that would be a very good story, but I think actually he's just... He just- He's just yeah, Scrooge out. McDucking in a giant, you know, pool filled with gold bullion. Now, I mean, they and did. So he doesn't. They talked a lot about he was he was the guy that when if you remember when Rockstar or I'm sorry when Red Dead Redemption came out, he was the guy that was talking about like crunch culture at Rockstar, uh-huh. where he's like, yeah, I worked 115 hour days or 115 hour weeks like leading up to the launch, but you know that was just me. Like, I wonder if. In retrospect, he launched Red Dead Redemption 2 and then – because it came out, I think, November 2018 and he went on a leave of absence in January or February of 2019. I wonder if he just realized like, dude, I have millions and millions of millions of dollars. I don't need to work 15 hour games, (laughs) you know? That was stupid of me. That was super dumb. Um, But I don't know. They also – like if you remember – there was a, a third guy, and I do not remember his name, um, who also went on kind of an extended leave of absence from Rockstar and then ended up leaving last year. So maybe it's maybe it's Rockstar and not them. Maybe it's just – or maybe it is. I mean, geez, I don't know about you, but, man, if I had, like, $2 million, I would never – work a 40 hour work week for a company ever again. Like not, not for love nor money. Like there's a lot of other things I would like to do that don't involve going to an office from eight to five. Like, and I like my job. So I don't know. Two chicks at once. (laughs) What movie is that from? Uh, Office space. Office space. Yeah. Um, But anyway, it's a pretty big deal. Like he's worked there for 22 years. They co-founded rockstar in 1988. Um, Obviously, his brother is the other co-founder, and he's done a lot of the writing. He's the head writer on Bully, Red Dead Redemption, and the Grand Theft Auto games. Um, but maybe part of it, too, is is like he was – someone interviewed him, and I, I don't recall who, but said, like, how would you write Grand Theft Auto 6 today? He's like, I don't even know how you'd write Grand Theft Auto 6. Like – the the world is a very different place today than when Grand Theft Auto Five came out, and so I, I don't know, I don't know how you do that. And when the interesting thing is, is like Colby shaking his head, but it wasn't. He's like, it's not necessarily because everything's more politically correct. He says it's no. because both sides are so divisive, and so yeah. it's very hard to any joke you write could piss somebody off. Um, yeah, but I mean, 
really i don't know i i'm not sure that's just what he said so maybe that's that's what grand theft auto has been doing since i don't know grand theft auto probably like i I don't i don't really buy the like well it's just so decisive right now yeah or divisive i just yeah like i said maybe like i said maybe this dude just wants some time off oh no i mean i 100 percent get that that i think it sounds way more either like something went wrong or he's just like oh right i'm rich what am i doing working <laughs> man like, that's me i was stupid right all right we're we're to the point in the podcast where i'm gonna shut up and dylan's gonna talk and tell us about the wonderful 101 which is getting an hd remake it's on kickstarter right now it it wanted fifty thousand dollars it's raised 1.4 million dollars that is unreal it's uh, like i think the crazy thing is is it had five hundred thousand dollars yesterday <laughs> it was yeah it was like i checked hours after and it had already surpassed its goal by like 14 times and then it got twice as big as that by now it's crazy it so that's crazy um for a game that i guess it's hard to tell it was received very well but it was on the wii u so it only could have sold like if everyone bought it 14 million um, copies right that that was it could not have really sold more than that um they've gotten a dollar in donation for like <laughs> every every wii user owner yeah what, what kind of uh, game is it i don't know anything about it literally nothing. it's weird um i don't know what you'd really compare it to um that was what was really neat about it. Um, the Wonderful 101 is this like group of 101 superheroes, and you play as all 101 of them. Um, At the same and they run time? around the city. Yeah. So the cool thing is, and it was neat on the Wii U because the idea is that you had like, I'm stretching a little bit. This was a while ago. Yeah, you had yeah. like four different shapes that you could draw, and you could either use the touchscreen on the Wii U or you could use the. Uh, thumbstick so you would draw shapes with the thumbstick and it would turn your group into a uh uh a weapon like that yeah so you would draw like a hammer and you would be your 101 and 101 guys 101 wonderful people would like turn themselves into a weapon um and you would use that type of attack to attack the bad guys. That's cool. Um, it It's very hard to explain. Um, I would recommend just like going to check out a, kind of a, a clip of it maybe. Um, and if you are a Switch owner, I highly recommend the game when it does happen. Or it appears to be coming to all kinds of systems now because they blew their <laughs> stretch goals completely goal. out of the water. So um, this is really cool uh, that... This game's gonna get a second second wind. I'm I'm really so. intrigued by this um, for a couple of reasons. Like one, I know nothing about this game. It was a I owned a Wii U, but did not play a bunch of games on it. Um, it has 29 days to go. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> but I think it's interesting too that like so this is a Platinum Games game um, that that's going on Kickstarter. But the crazy thing is, is this game. I mean, by the time it gets funded, so the funding will go through March 5th, right? This game's releasing in April. 
So presumably this right. game is done. <laughs> I don't understand why they're kickstarting it. You're um, better. Ah, crunch time. I guess. Um, and I mean, that definitely does happen where games will go to Kickstarter because they need a little bit more money to pay for a little more QA or to um, translations. Or maybe this is like, hey, we can afford to put it on the Switch, but we can't afford to put it on the Xbox. And so we need some money in order to do the porting. I just think it's weird that it's, it's platinum. Like platinum... Like, they have a history of making video games without kickstarting, so... Maybe it was a way just to be like, hey, is there interest in this? Because we'll do it. But usually when you do that, you do that two years ago when you're like, hey, guys, if we were to make this, would people be interested? Not like, hey, we've spent all this time making it. Are you guys actually interested? I don't know. We should have asked that first. Right? (laughs) I didn't realize. Kickstarter, actually, the total goes up in real time. When people buy, you can actually watch it. Right, you can watch it. I, I was watching it. It was, like, moving. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, um, but, like, I know some of their goals was, like, if you if we hit here, or, like, even, I guess maybe it was if you donated that much, you got, like, a, a digital copy, yeah. right? So maybe maybe it's a way of mean, printing. Right, getting, like, okay, we're going to make this many of them, kind of just. Yeah. What What is our market, really, for this game? Yeah. So, Moral of the story is, if you're interested in Wonderful 101, which I'm becoming more and more and more so all the time, because Dylan's super hyped about it, like a ton of people in our Discord are hyped about it, um, for the low price, maybe, of 3,900 yen, um, you can get a digital copy of this. It's about $36. So uh, that's, I mean, the, the lowest donation tier on this is $36, and you can get a, a copy of it digital. Um for only 500 more yen um, <laughs> or five bucks, you can uh, get a physical release of it. So if it's a game you're interested in, um, not much barrier to entry and it's coming out in two months. So get get in now while the getting is good. Um, and you can, you can try it. I'm excited to try it. I, I don't maybe I'll back it. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, next up, uh, so I know Colby is, have you, have you gotten on the Xbox game? Well, the, the Microsoft rewards trail, Dylan, are you, are you, are you, no, I, I like, I looked at it and I'm like, this is exactly what I don't like doing. Uh, I don't, I do not like, um, playing like micromanager to extreme coupon clipping to get free xbox live absolutely fair power to you um that's just not me i will say in the last like when do you think we talked about this first time two months ago probably it's been about two months probably i've raised enough money to get two ten dollar xbox gift cards (laughs) so yeah i mean i mean that's awesome it's so uh but it's it's a, it's a, it's kind of a weird mismatch of stuff like in order to do it you like every day you go to the Xbox rewards thing and take a quiz um i did not do good on today's quiz um and you like click these things and and then you go to the the Microsoft rewards app on your Xbox and it's like hey go watch this dude on Mixer i'm like he's offline and they're like it's fine you still get 10 <laughs> points no worries and every time you get, every time you get an achievement you're like your first achievement of the day you go turn that in and you get 50 points and whatever and it i i, I 100% agree with you like i really worried this was going to be a oh man i've got to think about this thing all the time and it it actually with the exception of some of the bigger rewards where like I have to yeah. go find games to play, um, it's it hasn't been too bad. 
I do I do the like quiz and the you know things usually in the elevator at work yeah. when I'm riding up to you know my room. So I just do them first thing when I wake up and uh it's it's pretty easy. Um anyway, the reason we're talking about the Microsoft reward stuff um besides that it's kind of cool and like I made 20 bucks doing it um is that the Game Pass app just was updated with what they're calling um X Box Game Pass quests. Um, there always have been some, but they completely redid how it works. So now there's um, a bunch of daily, weekly, and monthly quests that you can do on this. So, like for instance, this month, um, the daily quest is if you play any Xbox Game Pass game on a console, you'll get 15 points a day. And on the mobile app, if you just open the mobile app every day, you can get 15 points. Right. So those are your dailies, and then weekly. Um, earn 50 points by getting an achievement in any Xbox Game Pass game. Um, and if you're an Ultimate member, you can play Payday 2, complete three heists in Payday 2, and you can earn 75 points. So that's the kind of like the things you have to maybe work a little bit for. Um, and then monthly, you can earn 1,000 points by completing 45 daily quests and 15 weekly quests. Um, and 1,000 points is uh, like a dollar. Um, on top of the 45 daily quests that you'd get, I don't know, whatever, 44, five times 15 is 450 plus. Yeah. So, I mean, like between all of those, you're probably earning three, four, 5,000 points a month, which is like a $5 gift card. Plus you can, you can, you can get extra ones by switching your browser to Bing and doing quizzes and all that stuff. Moral of the story is, is you can earn a lot of points relatively passively and these game pass quests are just one more like piece in that puzzle um if you're playing it's kind of one of those things that like it makes sense to register because even if you're just playing fun new games on game pass you're going to passively get these points eventually like you just have to pay the smallest amount of attention and when it says like hey redeem these redeem them and you'll still get um you know probably a couple gift cards a year I mean, like, quite frankly, I don't know how long I'd been doing it, but I didn't even really know about the Game Pass rewards kind of thing. And I'm like, huh, I have 30,000 points. What should I do with them? Yeah. So. Yeah, and that's how I ended up doing it, too, is I just, at some point in time in the who knows when past, I just signed up for it. And I had, yeah, 28,000 points. And like I said, I've earned, um, I don't even know how many points I have like 8,000 now and I've spent 16,000. I had 4,000. So, I mean, I've almost gotten back up to my 30,000 level again, um, just in two months. So it's, you know, especially if you don't have a lot of cash, like it is a way you could pay for your game pass. Probably maybe not every month, but probably pretty close. Um, it could be a way for you to, um, pay for your you know your gold uh i mean i guess those are all kind of the same thing now but or you know get a indie game once every other month it's 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 not a bad deal so check that out xbox xbox game pass quests it's on the the mobile app check that out uh finally almost the end of news thousands of old flash games have been saved um i was never i don't know if i'm the right age um i never really played flash games you didn't either call no. Did you ever play any of the the Flash games, Dylan? Kinda. Yeah. That I mean, I saw people play them more than I might have participated. I think it was really a big thing for like right when 
they started putting computers in schools. Um, like my kid, but he doesn't play flash games, but he plays all sorts of like itchio games with his friends that are just these weird little indie free games on itch that he plays with people. And I'm like, that looks lame. He's like, no, it's so fun. You've got to play this. I'm like, oh, whatever. Um, but I think that there was a, a big time in like the early two thousands where, um, places like Newgrounds and, uh, a lot of those flash sites, people were just building games that a lot of them were really good. A lot of people really got um, like got started there. Like the dude, I don't remember what his name is. The guy who did Binding of Isaac, um, he got his start making flash games. Like if you haven't listened to it, um, Adam, who's the guy? Adam ruins everything. Adam Conover. Yeah, Adam Adam Conover actually has a gaming podcast. I'm not a huge fan of it, but. Um, he interviews a lot of interesting people and he interviews the guy who did the binding of Isaac and talks extensively about how he got started in games by making flash games for new grounds. And, yeah. you know, new grounds was paying three, four 500 bucks or a thousand bucks for someone to make a good flash game. So like yeah. a lot of people made their living doing that. Occasionally you'll be playing a game. You'll read like, uh, Oh yeah, this started as a flash game all the time. Kind of like, yeah. A number of like, I, man, I wish I could think of something that I had played that was that way, but I know I played something recently, yeah. but I, I saw that it started as a flash game. I think a lot of mobile games, especially, started as flash games. Um, like if you don't know anything about Flash, like it, it had a pretty comprehensive way to do like animation and scripting that didn't require these people to actually be game developers. So it was it was pretty powerful. But anyway, the the long story that we've hopefully made a little bit shorter is that flash as a program is going away at the end of 2020 like flash will no longer exist or, or very least it will stop getting updates and flash is terrible anyways and full of bugs and security holes and it's awful um the games created with it you know notwithstanding and so uh, there there's been kind of a big question as to whether those games will just go away like they will just stop working and from a, a game preservation standpoint and from a history of video game standpoint, that's kind of sad. Um, and so a guy put out a new launcher called Flashpoint that will let you download and play over 36,000 old Flash games. And so that's a lot of games from probably, I'm going to say Flash games started probably being real big in like... Maybe the late 90s, but probably more the early 2000s. 2000s, yeah. Um, you can go to bluemaxima.org slash Flashpoint and download it. And apparently, like, it doesn't – it just plays the games in the browser. It, like, kind of – you know, you download the game as you play it. Most of them aren't huge. But if you have the space, you can actually download the almost 300 gigabytes of games that uh, are part of it as well. Um, and I think that helps for, like, that archival things. Like – this this thing this website probably would not exist forever, but it's cool that a bunch of people can actually download that and save those games as well. So, you know, it's gonna just be stuff you can try, and a lot of it will be weird and old and janky and broken. But it's a cool look into what like indie game development was in the early two thousands. So the game I was thinking of was V V V V V V. Yes, um, but was also I think it's six. <laughs> But uh, also apparently Super Meat Boy and Alien Hominid yep. started out as Flash games. Uh, and I did not write this down, but uh, Alien Hominid, if you're not familiar, uh, Alien Hominid is done by... Uh, Behemoth? Behemoth, yeah. Which is They make so many good games. They did Castle Crashers. They did... Um, Stacking? St- no, Stacking's, did they? Stacking's um, Double Fine. They did oh, right. uh, Castle Crashers. They did um, God, that weird turn-based... 
strategy game. I, every game that the Behemoth has ever made, I've really, really enjoyed. Um, I'm trying to remember that other... Uh, I'm trying to remember the the one they made right after Battle Block Theater. Battle Block Theater yeah. was so good. Um, and Pit People is their newest one, but their their new game uh, that they just announced is actually going to be an HD remaster of Alien Hominid, which is Alien Hominid's fun, it's fun, but an HD remaster of that will be even better. So that's coming out at some point in the future. I think Alien Hominid was originally a OG Xbox game back in the day. I thought it was a 360. It might have been a 360 game, um, but that'll that'll be good. So watch for that. Uh, before we get to questions, we should do Patreon because we didn't do it before news like we were supposed to, and that's on me. But Colby wrote a great note on his phone with his finger and reminded me. So Patreon, thank you first of all to our patrons for supporting this podcast. I. I'm trying to figure out how to like get access to a little bit of that money because I really want to make they like the people we buy our stickers through make like acrylic keychains now, and I really want some bite me ones. So that'd be yeah, cool. they're real cool. So I don't know. I, I guess I need a bank account. I don't know how this works. We'll figure it out. <laughs> you don't have a bank account. I do personally have a bank account, but I always, uh, I keep all my money in my mattress. I uh, the, first of all, they I asked, and they will not just do a straight deposit to my mattress. And I also don't want to take the money into my bank account because then I have to pay taxes on yeah. it and I'm not jonesed about that. Um, but we'll figure something out. I wish I could just get like a Patreon credit card. Like that would be the ultimate way for this to happen or like Venmo, I, I, whatever. Um, anyway, we have a bunch of patrons. Patrons, they're awesome people. They support us at uh, patreon.com slash bite me podcast. And those people that pay us $10 a month get uh, a little bit of shout-out on this fine podcast. Those people are our Operator Jack, Brian Henniger, Joe Cole Jr., John Tippins, Megan Phillips, Tom McDermott, Austin Palmer, Alan Schulte, and, of course, Kevin Schold. You people are all great, and we love you. So, now, someone's doing dishes, I think, in the back of Dylan's uh, house, but he might be able to come back on and do this first question. We'll have to see. Uh, yo. Yeah, it got loud for a second. It's all good. It's it, Dylan lives in a house, and there's nothing. The cats are that. fighting. Your cat, Dylan, is the greatest thing in the world, so I am willing to give it a pass. Your other cat's cute, too. I don't, what's your other cat's name? Gus Gus is your cute orange cat. What's your other cat's name? Doro. Doro? Yeah. Is that named after what? I have no idea. It's okay. So we don't get Zorro, but he's not a great speller. <laughs> it's not his cat. It's a it's an adopted cat, so it's all right. All right. Uh, first question from Vinny. It's an open ended question, but uh, what are your gaming goals this year? To play more, to play more games, to finish more games, try out genres you don't normally play. What uh, what what are your gaming goals this year, Cole? I'm gonna finish less games. <laughs> yeah, jeez, right. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and play my Switch more. Um, I have a three year old who is um, uh, does doesn't. It, it's not cool to play Grand Theft Auto Five in front of a three year old. I guess. I mean, I've been told this. Yeah. No. Um, I don't know. I thought that she could take Trevor and perhaps model herself after him. Yeah. But, my wife's like, no. I mean, you know, to be honest, like they share things like bowel control. So yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's um, not that far away, you know. And so, uh, I, I, I can't apparently play. I don't know, Doom Eternal on a 
65-inch HD TV in front of her, but I can play whatever the hell I want on a Switch because she doesn't seem to care about Interesting. it. Interesting. Um, I, d- I, I really thought that I would pull the Switch out and she'd just be like, I can watch over your shoulder, right? But I pull the Switch out and because it's not on a big TV, she couldn't care less. Interesting. Um, so it's not like, and, and I'm like, oh, that means I can play any game. And I'm like, I'll play Stardew Valley. Um, <laughs> but, uh, that allows me to play perhaps slightly more adult games, sure. um, around her than I'm used to. And so I distinctly remember a certain scene in South, the first South Park game that takes place in one of the parents' bedrooms. And that's all I'm going to say about that. But if you've played that game, you know exactly what I'm talking uh-huh, about. Uh-huh. I do. Um, and just thinking like, I've got to beat this before my kid wakes up because I've got to beat this before my kid wakes up. But it's on Switch now, so it wouldn't matter. <laughs> my kid's 12 now. He can He can see that. He probably still shouldn't see that. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's see. What, what what would my gaming goal be for this year? I'm I'm gonna get good. Yeah, getting good. You know, I'll be honest, Cole. Like I'm I'm on a down. Finally beating The Last of Us. Yeah, I would like to beat The Last of Us this year. I, that's <coughs> excuse me. Um, I think that's actually one of the things I would really like to do this year. And I, I I did it a lot last year, but I have a lot of games that I've started and never finished. Um, I would like to beat more of those. Um, there's a lot of PC games that I own that I have not played. I would like to play more PC games this year, which I'm hoping GeForce will let me do on my TV because I really don't like playing them on my computer. Um, and I would like to not start as many games and not finish them as I have in previous years so I don't have a bunch of games that I'm like two hours into that now I'm going to have to restart because I don't remember what was happening. So I think that's, that's probably my gaming goals for the year. How about you, Dylan? Um, Dylan's going to make more farting noises on our podcast. That's his goal. I don't know. Dylan's not goal oriented. Yeah. I'm not a goal person. Dylan's not. That's... I don't, you make a goal and then you decide to do something different about your life. So that goal wasn't very good. Sure. It's like, I'm going to make this goal for next year, and then 90 days later, you're like, I'm going to go do something completely different because I'm over that. Almost every year around New Year's, I post that New Year's resolutions are for people that aren't already perfect. So maybe you're just already perfect, Dylan. Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't know. It's it's okay not to have a goal. I just do what I want to do. That's (laughs) my goal. Do what you want to do, and so long as it's cool and popular with everyone else. Oh. That's what. Yeah, I don't know if that's exactly right, Dylan. Close enough. Glue, baby, buy some glue. <laughs> All right. Next up, uh, Mick Whopper, which is Eddie's alias for this week. Someone's like, where's Eddie? Like, he hasn't been around for a while. Uh, I think it was Megan. And I'm like, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll like, at him back into our Discord. So he shows up. I'm like, what's, what is Eddie's name this week? <laughs> um, apparently the answer is Mick Whopper. Um, I think I would actually, great I, well, I would like to eat a McWhopper. Like, I would very much like to take a Whopper, like the Impossible Whopper burger, but have it with a bun in the middle with some special sauce. That sounds delicious. You just have to go to two stores. I do, do that. and that just seems like a lot of work. And, man, I got, now that I'm thinking about this, though, at work, that is a cute cat that is right on Dylan's head. Like, at my, at my work, there is literally a Burger King across the street from McDonald's. I could probably make this happen pretty easily. Do you think I could order, like, hmm, I'm thinking about this now. I think this could work. Dylan's cats are cute. 
Uh, anyway, Eddie wants to know, <laughs> besides, Eddie also does not like the Impossible Burger. He told us about it, so that's okay. Uh, with the Wonderful 101 reaching all of its Kickstarter goals, what other game you guys, hmm, what other games do you guys see taking this route and pulling in the same crowdfunding? This is going to be, you guys can't see Dylan's cat, but I'm going to post this video. It's going to be amazing. Like, his cat is going to make us go viral. What other games would you like to see kickstarted? Uh, maybe, like, a, to have an HD remix of something. I don't know. The only thing I can really think of is I've always wanted, like, an HD remake of Final Fantasy three. Same. But I also know that, like, I don't know if I really like that game or if I just like the... Um, Idea of that game. Well, more like I really like the music of that game yeah. and I really like the nostalgia of that game, but I would I like know. you know, I think that is something that I would like. I would like a, a remake of Crystallis too. Um, I would too, yeah. But I want them to do the um like the kind of that r- modern HD remake that they're doing of things where they not yeah. only make the game look better, but they take out a lot of the the grinding, a lot of the yeah. Um, a lot of the difficulty, you know, you can make a game now that has variable difficulty. You weren't going to do that on the SNES. Um, uh-huh. uh, like the, even just what they did with um, Zelda 2 on the Switch, where you could choose to, like, just start that game out. Like, if you have it on the, the virtual console thing, you can just start out with a full thing of health and a full thing of stamina or whatever it was in yeah. Zelda 2. And that makes that game so much more enjoyable for like a modern audience. And I would love to see remakes of both of those games with just better graphics. Like, I'll I'll be honest, like SNES pixel graphics are fine. Like they, they look good, but man, you can do so many cool things when you're not limited to like the 16 bit palette, um, with animation, with music. Like I would love to see, I don't want them to be like, I don't want them to take final fantasy three and make a 3d game out of it. Yeah. Put it in the final fantasy 15 engine or whatever. No, I I want that game to just be, I want that game to be in like the, um, Octopath traveler engine, you know, um, something like that. So I would also really like to see, I would love to see after playing um, uh, Link's Awakening, I would love to see A Link to the Past redone in the Mm -hmm. Link's Awakening engine because I I really like that game. And I think Link's Awakening is a beautiful, like, 3D version of of Zelda that I could really get into. So, Dylan? I think all my dreams mostly came true since they've done just about every Wii U game. (laughs) They have. They've really done a good job of bringing that catalog over to the Switch, yeah. haven't they? I think that that was my key to heaven. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Doom and Doom Two brought to a more modern engine, like keep the level. That'd be kind of. Cool. Although I don't know if they'd be good. Like, man, that was a long time ago. They at I least I mean, on if- the the Xbox 360 versions, they made it so like you could like strafe essentially. Oh, interesting. Or not, you could strafe in that, but it, it, it updated the controls to a controller, which made it better. There is a, do you remember um, Strife? Oh, yeah. I'd like I to see a, a new version of Strife. That'd be pretty cool. So, did they make a new version no, of Strife? No, it's just another game made, named Strife, I believe. I thought that they, I thought that I, I that it was. Maybe, I don't know, Strife was a, a game made, like, really late in the life of the Quake engine, it was actually the last game made on the yeah, convention. and it was like a cool like role playing game. I don't know, it was it was pretty dope. I liked it at the time a lot. So 
That'd be all right too. All right, next up, turn down for what? What is your favorite video game Easter egg? Does the uh, finding the cake, or no, finding the room that's like the you know cake is a lie in uh, uh, what's it called Portal? Uh, portal count? Absolutely, that's a good one. Um, my my favorite Easter eggs are Cadbury eggs. Does that count? Hmm, yeah, I like the cream eggs and the, that is the correct answer. I like the cream eggs and the not cream eggs. Um, the I don't know the crunchy ones. Um, you know, I, I will tell you. I don't know what my favorite uh, Easter egg is, but I will tell you that when I was a kid, I spent a huge amount of time trying to find the part of Super Mario where you could like. Oh you know go through those bricks because i knew a guy whose uncle worked at nintendo and he promised me that there was this other secret warp zone in super you know in, in super mario it does not exist um i also spent a lot of time trying to beat the game 20 super mario 26 or 27 times. i thought it was a hundred times i thought it was no, 99 times so you beat it once and then it goes it starts counting by letters and so it's like a b c d the number of times yeah. you beat it. And I got to like X or Y and you were young and a jackass. I don't know if uh, that, that, or not. It, that wasn't just because I was young. Yeah, was... Nothing's changed really. And you reset the Nintendo. Do you remember that? I, like, I made you hold the reset button for like three rounds of that game. So just a quick, I was looking into it. Apparently Strife did get kind of an updated oh, version. interesting. And it runs on Mac, so I may end up buying oh, very it because cool. I really love Strike. So one of the things we don't even need to kickstart. So I, don't, I can't think of like a, a an Easter egg that I really, you know, one thing that I don't think this is an Easter egg because if you beat the game, you see it. But the ending of of uh, Untitled Goose Game is very, very. Is that an Easter egg? Because I mean, like, if you beat the game, you see it. I guess that's just the end of Untitled Goose Game. Yeah. But God, if you play that game and you didn't beat it, it's worth beating because the ending is just so fun. Um, what about you, Dylan? Do you have any favorite Easter eggs that you've run across? What comes to mind most is um, in the Halo games, they had like hidden skulls yeah. throughout the levels that would do fun things like make headshots turn into confetti or whatever. <laughs> um, and I always thought that was interesting that they're like, little secret collectibles that actually like affected the game yeah. rather than just finding doodly bobs that tell you you found all the doodly bobs I like I'd rather the doodly bobs do something I like the cow level in Diablo 2 a lot yeah, yeah. that's that's the unicorn favorite. level in Diablo is also that. very good <laughs> the uh the John Romero in Doom 2 Oh in Doom 2 right I forgot about that God do you remember this is completely Off off uh, topic Except for Doom 2 do you remember Dylan and I were talking about Pulp Fiction The other way actually we were talking about Tim Roth the other day Do you remember the Doom 2 level that we Played that had like uh-huh. that First cut from Pulp Fiction where Tim Roth comes in and starts swearing and Like we were like oh my gosh they said the F word in a Doom 2 level <laughs> It was crazy Yep. All right. Uh, next up, Mr. Polite wants to know what our new favorite podcast is. I don't know if it has to be new. Um, he is digging Daily Dad, which I've never heard of, but maybe I will check out. Um, I think Colby and I mostly listen to the same podcasts. That's not true. You, you have way time. less. You have way less time than I, I do. I guess what I was going to say is anyone that I mention, Colby is also a fan of. <laughs> so uh, any anyone that you mention, I told you to listen. That is to. absolutely true. So I um, I actually 
don't these days listen to really any other video game podcast except for Waypoint. Um, I really, really like Waypoint. I've talked about that before. Um, the other podcasts I listen to are, uh, I really, I love Behind the Bastards. Behind the Bastards are probably mm-hmm. my favorite podcast that I listen to right now. Um, and the other couple I listen to are all um, podcasts done by the same guy who does Behind the Bastards. Um, he has a podcast called Worst Year Ever. Um, Behind the Bastards is a podcast about, what does he say? About the worst people in history. Um, And so literally it's just everyone is a breakdown where he writes like a 15 page essay on someone in history who's terrible. And then he has a comedian on and they talk about him. Um, They're very good. He does a podcast um, with the folks from some more news, more news. Yep. Uh, Some more. Katie Stoll and Cody Johnston called um, worst year ever, which is a political podcast. Uh, that I really enjoy. And then he also did one called um, It Could Happen Here, which is oh, about so the... Oh, God. It, like, if you want to just like... If you want to listen to an like, eight or ten part podcast that will make you just full of existential dread, that's the right one to choose. It's about um, the possibility of an impending civil war in the United States. It's very good. And if you uh, if you live in the Pacific Northwest, will make you very scared most of the time. So... Uh, those are those are probably my three behind the bastards or four behind the bastards waypoint. Uh, it can happen here and uh, worst year ever. What uh, what other podcasts do you like on top of that? I don't speak German. It's pretty good. Yeah, um, I listen to the Daily Zeitgeist every day. Um, I listen to pretty much everything that's on the Laser Time Network. So that's Laser Time. Video Game Apocalypse is a really good video game, you know, uh, thing. Yeah, it's well, it's like they do like top five, you know, kind of thing. Sure. So, you know, they would do like top five Easter eggs in video games kind of thing. Laser Time is more of a just a we choose like a topic and kind of do like a deep dive. It's always like kind of pop culture ish. Um, and then 30, 20, 10, which is when they look back what happened in pop culture 30, 20, and 10 years ago. That's cool. Um, then yeah all of the like worst year ever and stuff um i listen to a lot of rsl uh podcasts because i like soccer real salt lake for you non-fans yeah um eat the rich which is great but not for everyone which is definitely not for everyone, but it's all pretty good. Um, what's, uh, the, what's the journalism one that i can never remember the name of um the journalism it's about like uh why journalism's screwing the United States. Um, it's, it's like, I know you like the episode, they had the episode about Bill Gates and, Oh, citations, yeah, citations needed. needed is really good. Um, catastrophe cast is very good though. They have only released like 30 episodes and I don't know when they're going to release new ones, but it's just like kind of a breakdown of if, if you ever watched, uh, uh, seconds from disaster. It's pretty much that in podcast form. Um, and then I'll round it out with you're wrong about, which is two journalists who basically like look back into kind of big news stories or uh, people of like, usually like kind of the eighties and nineties and like, Hey, this is what we got wrong about this story. And it's always very surprising when you learn like, Oh, yeah, like, shockingly, when you've got, like, a 24-hour news cycle and you need to do it, that you get a lot wrong. They're the ones that did the really interesting podcast on Columbine, aren't they? Mm, Maybe not. They might have. I don't know. I I don't think... 
maybe I don't remember. You should also um, listen to We're So Xmas. That's my Christmas podcast. Don't you do that. totally do that. We did twenty five episodes, twenty six episodes in, in December. So if you ever think like, man, I don't hear Cliff enough, that's that's the place to do it. You can listen to me talk about Hallmark movies. Dylan, what uh, podcast do you like? This one. I don't think I got any. You know, yeah. we've what the one we should talk about is the VIP gaming podcast. That is video mm-hmm. podcast, top shelf gaming podcast. Love it. Uh, they just launched the YouTube network too. So you you don't podcast at all anymore, Dylan? Not really. I don't drive nearly as much. So living the dream, sir. I don't really. Yeah, my podcast time has shrunk. So that's not bad. All right, Net, Colby and I listen to enough podcasts for all three of us. So I listen to like forty hours of podcast a week. God, that's so. crazy. Uh, that's what I do at that's work. True. Joe Coleslaw wants to know: Have you ever played a game to take a break from another game, only to leave it to fade away? Absolutely, all the time. <laughs> I. Yes. Yeah, I mean, so many times that I couldn't even tell you a game specifically. <laughs> One in every four games I start. Um, that That's why it is my resolution to not do that as often. Um, my like my first resolution was to beat more games, which I feel pretty good about. And, and my second one is to stop playing games for two hours and think like, oh, I'll beat this later and not just go like, hey... I didn't like this game. I'm never playing it again. I think that there's a lot of power in just saying, I'm done with this game. Not like I'm feeling bad because I didn't finish that game. It's just, I'm done and that's okay. So that, how about you, Dylan? Do you, do you start games and not finish them? Or do you, do you start games and then take a break for another game and then never finish the first one, I guess? Yeah. I mean, I know I've talked about the games I gave up on before. Um, It's breath of the wild for all three of us. I, it's definitely Breath of the Wild, though. I'd love to finish it to say I did, but it's not. I I I officially broke up with it. I don't think I'm ever gonna. I need to like. I might try the second. I actually one. read an article a while ago about people that um, to like lessen their carbon emissions, um, take freighters um, across the Pacific. I mean, it actually sounded kind of fun. Like it doesn't like it's it's not a horrible trip. It's like ten days. Um, and it's just pretty chill. Like you just kind of hang out on a boat and they pay for your food and you get a pretty nice cabin. I'm like, that'd be all right if I had an unlimited amount of time. So maybe what I need is take like a freighter to England, um, and beat breath of the wild while I'm on it. Maybe that's what I'll do. Um, he also wants to know, uh, how my, how your play style, uh, is now compared to when we first started the show a couple years ago. So what, uh, three years ago, three, a little more than three years ago. How, do you think that you're the way you play games or the games you play is different now than say 2016, 2017 and a 2016 me, because I wasn't yeah, on the podcast and you no. can think you think you play the games the same way as you did then. Um, probably, I mean, probably five or more years ago, I, when I was younger, I did that thing where I'm like, I'm going to play this game. Oh, look, another game. I'm going to play this game. And I never finished anything. And at some point, and it was probably five or so years ago, I made like a very, hey, I'm going to finish games if I enjoy them. I can always go on to, it was actually, it was, I can tell you when it was it was probably around 2010 when i was doing that blog of i'm gonna beat every video game i own which turns out to be impossible um and that was i think like it started in like 2009 and since then i've been pretty you know pretty steadfast in that so not much has changed 
since. Yeah, I think but. for me, um, what's changed is the kind of game I play. Um, I play a lot, a lot more short games. I play a lot more indie games. Um, I do make a a way bigger deal about actually finishing games because I didn't used to finish games at all. Um, and like when we first started doing the podcast, like I actually kind of did a thing, like I had a little bit of a challenge where I was like, I'm going to play every game I own for a half hour. Um, and so like the first podcast, like we'd come on, I'm like, I played 75 games this week. And I kind of got away from that because it's just <laughs> stupid. Um, I played some cool games, um, but like it just, it's kind of non-sustainable. Um, cause I played yeah. some really crappy games too. It turns out I've owned some games that suck. Um, but I think I'm way more focused in what I play now. I tend to play one game and beat it um, more often than not. Um, but I think also like the the games the, the way I the way I approach purchasing games has changed a lot, especially over like the last six months. Where game pass. yeah, 2018 like I bought a lot of new games. The first half of 2019, I bought a lot of games because they're just you know. It's a lot of AAA games that I'm super excited to own. I'd buy a bunch of indie games anytime, you know, anytime a $20 game went on sale for $12. I'm like, dude, it's never going to get cheaper than $12. <laughs> and so I'd buy it. And I got burned so many times by Game Pass and games with gold and things like that that I just stopped. Like, I barely buy games anymore. And I, I play Damn. a lot of Game Pass games. So I think that's changed for me, too. How about you, Dylan? I think I. I used to be someone who would put in a game, finish it, rinse and repeat, and now I think I get a little more mileage out of certain games. Um, and I think that might have eventually been influenced. And it was that way in a way with some of the older Call of Duty games where you would play them a sure. lot. Um, but I think with a lot of like the Battle Royale games and you have these ongoing kind of games or um, stuff like Destiny yeah, maybe. the Hearthstones. Where... Um, stuff that continuously builds and builds. So I guess that's probably what I'd, I'd say. I think it's interesting because like, that's a, a very new thing for me. I never played... I was never a person who spent a huge amount of time playing multiplayer games for hours and hours and hours and hours across months. I was always... I wanted the new shiny thing. Very Adam of me. Um, Let's see. Princess Megan says, what is your favorite video game soundtrack and song from a video game? They do not have to be the same game. So you could have a, a different... You have a favorite song that is not part of your favorite soundtrack. How about, uh, how about you, Cole? My favorite soundtrack... I I go back and forth. I really like Final Fantasy 3 slash 6. Um, it's a very good thing. I really like um, the... Um, uh, Chrono Trigger soundtrack. I I listen to both of the. I I don't listen to the soundtracks. There's actually someone who does them. Their name is I don't know if it's their name, but it's uh, TPR, mm-hmm. and they do like these like kind of cool like piano versions oh, cool. of video game soundtracks that are just like they're slower than the actual soundtracks, and they're amazing. Um, and both the Chrono Trigger and the Final Fantasy VI are awesome. Oh, shoot me that link. I'll um, put them in the show notes. I don't know how to send you a link through Apple Music, but I'll okay. try. Um, but uh, I was like, I love the Outer Wild soundtrack. Good. And I, so, like, I don't know if I could choose like a favorite soundtrack or a favorite song. There's um, the. Do, 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 do. 
um, what is it called? I think it is the Menoria Cathedral, I'm pretty sure, without, you know, listening to it right now. Um, song off of the Chrono Trigger soundtrack is very good. But, uh, I just, I kind of like, like, chill, relaxing, um, things. So what's your Austin Winnery answer, Cliff? (laughs) My favorite song is To Know Water off of the Abzu soundtrack by Austin Winnery. Oh, is it? Is that it, is, it is shockingly enough by Austin Winery. I love every single soundtrack he's done. If you love him so much, why don't you marry I, him? He's got a girlfriend. She's real pretty. I don't think I can compete, I'll be honest. She's a painter. <laughs> You're very pretty. Don't tell yourself I appreciate that. Um, I, I like Austin Winery a lot. Um, I also, um, I really like the Doom 2016 soundtrack. Like, Dylan and I listen to that all the time at work. Um, Mike Gordon, I think, is that the name of the, the dude who does it? Um, all of his soundtracks are also very good. He does a lot of the Wolfenstein soundtracks, too. And they're just like, if you ever just want some very metally metal with a bit of demon, like, the Doom soundtrack is the way to go. It's very good. It's my favorite genre. <laughs> Metally metal with demon. Yeah, it's it's yeah, a yeah. it's a subgenre, of course. But um, I really like Ben Prunty. He did the um, FTL soundtrack, and he did um, a bunch of other soundtracks. Like Ben Prunty is the guy. He's got a, a, a Spotify playlist called like the Ben Prunty Chill Playlist. And so if I'm ever like just ch- sitting at my computer and I just want some background music, that's almost always what I put on. Um, he's also doing the um, the new soundtrack for the DLC for what's that swimming game that was the Game Pass game that we had to play last year week last month for Game Pass points. Uh, oh, Subnautica. yeah, he's doing the, the the new soundtrack to Subnautica. He's a pretty cool guy. He actually streams a lot on Twitch while he's actually composing, which is really fun to watch too. So, um, but like, I honestly, I just turn on. Spotify and like choose a Ben Prunty album or a Austin Winter album and just create a radio station off of that and listen to it all the time. So I listen to a lot of video game music. How about you, Dylan? Um, no particular song, but um, the Doom soundtrack and Hotline Miami. <gasps> oh, Hotline Miami. Favorite. I don't know if I've heard that. That's such a good. I I wish I could kind of find that soundtrack every time every version i've found isn't like the main soundtrack it's like weird kind of versions of the soundtrack that i i haven't looked recently but when i first played it i'm like that had such a kind of interesting sound to it you know what else is really good is uh both of the red dead soundtracks um the 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 song they play when you go into mexico in the first red dead i don't know what it's called but that song far away by someone gonzalez yeah that song's really good and the I don't know the song they played at the VGM or the yeah VGAs this year or last year is also really good. The it's kind of like the big song from the Red Dead Redemption soundtrack. I don't know, yeah. I do not know what it's called, um, but it's very good. I could probably find out. It is called what is that? <laughs> Those are cats. Oh, I thought that was the Doom soundtrack. Um, <laughs> Has been a demon. I think it's called Moonlight, maybe. I don't know. It's uh, no unshaken. It's called unshaken uh, off the red dead two soundtrack. It's super good. So 
That is that. Uh, we're almost at the end of these questions. There's a lot of them. Kim Cruz. Every time I like see Kim Cruz's name, I think that that's a great like name for a person in a band. I don't. It's not a good band, but like, I, if you were like, dude, Kim Cruz plays guitar for something, I'm like, that's a great name. See, I think I, I think you. Kim Cruz would be a good frontman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either way, I'm sure he's a cool guy. Uh, wants to know what 16, 8 or 16-bit era game should get a modern era remake. So what 8 or 16-bit game? I guess we we answered some of the Zelda games would be good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Final Fantasy 3 slash 6 and Crystal. Uh, I guess I should have paid more attention and realized that that question had gotten sort of answered twice. But what I will tell you is Hans jumped on that question because Hans loves 8 and 16-bit games. And uh, one of the ones that – it might have actually been one that Kim brought up was um, Adventure Island. Do you remember Adventure uh-huh. Island? God, I loved that game. I would love, love, I, love to play a, a new version of that. I think the thing is, is every time I go back and play, like, most 8- or 16-bit games that I didn't – I don't have any nostalgia for or anything like that, I'm like – this could be good, but oh my god, does this control yeah. poorly? And so, like, I think if you just took eight and sixteen-bit games and made them control better. slightly yeah. better, like uh, most of them would be much better. But. I almost would rather that a lot of these they took um, and just took like the characters from. Like, I don't like uh, one of the ones Hans brought up was Altered Beast, and I loved Altered Beast. That game was so fun. But like, I don't want to play a new version of Altered Beast. But I could totally play a game within the concept of Altered Beast within the framework of Altered Beast that was modern that could be a lot of fun or I, I'd much rather have like updated PS1 Xbox era things because there are a lot of really good games on that that I won't say are unplayable but pretty are unplayable. pretty yeah, much unplayable yeah. um, he, he, uh, Hans also brought up Dig Dug and like I, I could see a really fun like mobile version of Dig Dug or like a cool Switch version of Dig Dug something. Can we I'd get like the people? Yeah. Oh, I was gonna say, can we get the people who did uh, Steam World Dig? Oh, do a a Dig Dug game <laughs> that could be dope. So I think there's a lot of them. Uh, so I think we sh- we'll bring this up. This question to Colby when I posted. Um, what our questions, you know, what were the questions this week? He said, wasn't I wearing a hat and put a Simpsons character? And I have no idea what that's a reference to. Is it just a Simpsons It's, Simpsons. it's like, it's when Lisa's president oh. and uh, the Helen, who is like, there was a famous press corps lady named oh, yeah, Helen. Oh, yeah, lady. And yeah. She, yeah, and in that she's just like, wasn't I wearing a hat? <laughs> and yes. Yes, you were. Excellent. And Excellent. Uh, Nothing past that. That's good. That's good. Hans uh, has a quick question. He says, what is your favorite? He actually said, what's your favorite breakfast eatery? I believe that means what's your favorite place to eat breakfast. It is. Um, I go to either Anna's or Britain's, and it's not called Britain's anymore. It's called Berlin, I want to say. They're both local places. They're both delicious. I loved that. Uh, what was that place uh, in Salt Lake called that was on like 78th and State that had really good breakfast? The Wagon? The Last Outpost Last Cafe. Last Outpost Cafe was very good. Um, there's a place out here called, um, help me, Dylan, The Egg and Us? Yeah. I think. <laughs> it's an Issaquah. Is that the one with the Skittle pancakes? No, that place is called... Um, Oh shoot! I do not remember the name of that one. It's it's, it's yeah, it's right by the airport, right by SeaTac. It's also okay. really good. I'll be honest; I just love breakfast. Like I will 
And you love Beto's. Oh, I love Beto's. But the thing is, I don't really like Beto's that much for breakfast. I really prefer Beto's for dinner. But I get. But you're eating there. breakfast food. Yeah. yeah. Beto's is a uh, really like it's one of those places that you look at from the outside and go like, is it safe to eat here? And the answer is probably. Uh, I will put it this way. So there is one near my house called Florberto's, which is just basically a Beto's. Yeah, different name. I don't know how it works. It seems like it might be some sort of weird tax shelter. Yeah, I don't absolutely. know. Um, that got closed down by the health um, department on a Saturday. Sure. Or no, on a Friday. They were closed Saturday. And I ate there on Sunday when they opened yeah, up again. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're scary places. Um, they often smell funny. Um, there are some of them that are nicer than others. Um, no. Well, I mean, yes. None of them are nice, though. They're nicer the on, than others. The one on Fifth South in Salt Lake's pretty nice. It's okay. I'll take your word. Anyway, on that. Um, I've lived in Seattle for <laughs> six years, and I can still tell you where all of them are in Utah by like street address. That's how much I like Beto's. They have the best breakfast burritos you will ever eat in your life. Uh, big as your big head. as your oh my god! They're as big as your forearm. They're amazing. Dylan, what do you like to eat for breakfast? Anywhere that has pancakes or French Absolutely. Toast. Little John's across the street from us at work is good. Ooh. Dylan brought uh, donuts in today from Chuck's. Chuck's has the Chuck's best maple bars in, Sol- in uh, Seattle. Ever. They're great. Um, I just love breakfast. I like breakfast everywhere. Yeah. I'm really – Original Pancake House is good. I went there last weekend. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, all the breakfast. That's what I like – Hans, all the breakfast. I could could eat breakfast for pretty much every meal. meal, Absolutely. Because there's so many different things. You can have omelets. You can have breakfast burritos. Mm -hmm. You can have, like, eggs. You can have uh, waffles. You can have pancakes. Are are you excited about Wendy's breakfast? Or I don't know if there's anything you can eat at Wendy's breakfast. I don't know. Maybe. I just like breakfast. I'm always excited for breakfast. It's new. I I absolutely want to try it. I don't know. There's a Wendy's on my way to work. It's perfect. All right. Um, we've go. been talking for like over two hours. We should stop. But first, we're going to talk about cheap free games. I don't know. This just happens sometimes. I don't know why. Um, it's me yelling about Breath of the Wild. <laughs> it was you yelling about Breath of the Wild. Um, any second now, Brooke's going to break through this door. She's like, I thought you were going to be done at six. I'm like, ah, whatever. Uh, PlayStation Plus, we did not get to announce last week because they announced them the day after we did our podcast, as they do. Uh, Bioshock, the collection, which I believe is Bioshock 1, 2, and um, crap, that infinite. infinite. Thank you. The, the, the flying Bioshock game uh, is available next month on PlayStation Plus. I love the first one. Cannot speak to the second two. I really liked it. Yeah, a lot of people did. Uh, the Sims 4 is uh, also going to be available. That's a that's a fun game. The Sims 4 is, a, is probably the best version of The Sims. And then Firewall Zero Hour, which I believe is a VR title, as I, as I recall, is also going to be free. So three games on PlayStation Plus. Uh, game Pass. Uh, this is probably just their first of the month releases, would be my yeah. guess. Uh, February 6th, they are going to release Final Fantasy 15, which is... That's a heck of a coup, if you ask me. Um, if I didn't already own that on two other systems, I'd probably be more excited about it. But See, I own it on PlayStation. That's why I haven't really played it. I own it. it on the PC, too. I haven't played it because it's like a 60-hour game. Um, <laughs> uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood, which um, I have not tried yet. I do own. So Remember when we bought it together? I do. I do remember that. And then you were like, my little three-year-old can't watch me shoot dogs in Wolfenstein. I'm like, tell her to grow up. I didn't say that, Cliff. 
Jesus, open. tell Amy it'll be fine. It'll be just fine. She'll learn to kill Nazis. It's fine. And, like, I mean, what is a better... What could you teach a three-year-old that would be better for them in this hellscape we live in than it's good to kill Nazis? Like, that's a life yeah. skill at this point. Anyway, uh, Wolf of Young Blood. I've heard it's... Okay. Uh, February 13th, Death Squared is coming out, which is, sounds like a really strange, violent game, but it's actually kind of a fun puzzle game. If you listen to our PAX episode in probably 2017, uh, Dylan and I interviewed the developers of Death Squared, and it's very good. If you don't have Game Pass, it may still be $1.50 on Switch. I'm not sure. Yeah, Death Squared's fun. I own it on the Switch, and it's it's a good time. Um, Epic Game Store has two games this week which is interesting because usually they only have two games if one of them is rated M and these are in fact both board games so (laughs) neither one of them is rated M. The first one is called I don't know Carcassonne maybe? Carcassonne. Probably don't be racist Colby Um, I I think it's Carcassonne but I I don't really know and the other one's Ticket to Ride which is a train game um, according to their uh, page it takes a minute to learn and a lifetime to master. It's very much like Othello, which I think they stole that from. Anyway, uh, those are your Epic Game Store games this week. Not great, but it's cool because they're free. It's absolutely fine. Uh, anything else, guys, before we make this podcast go away? Is Othello a William Shakespeare script that takes a minute to learn in a <laughs> lifetime? No, too? maybe it's not called Othello. It's, it's that like chip game where there's black and white. Uh huh. Yeah. I, is I it called Othello? It's not Othello. <laughs> Othello is a play. Backgammon? It's not Bagammon. <laughs> is it okay? A there is a game called Othello. Oh, maybe it is. I don't know. Maybe it's that game that they just got a computer to. Yeah, Othello. Is one it of, is Othello. Is oh. one of the many okay. minutes to learn but a lifetime to master type of game. So I am not insane. Okay. Well, <laughs> it is also a play by William Shakespeare. That's true. probably my favorite play by William Shakespeare of the ones I've read. We get it, Cliff. You went to college. I did. I read it in high school because I it was in honors English. <laughs> I barely went. <laughs> I've only read. I think two Shakespeare plays, and that was one of them. I liked it more than Romeo and Juliet. Uh, all right. I didn't get to see Olivia Hussey's boobs <laughs> in Othello. Now did That's... I? Also, I just realized she's 17. I shouldn't have said that out loud. <laughs> I won't censor that. Um, <laughs> Romeo plus Juliet, the 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 Boz Lerman movie. With, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know, the dude. Claire Danes and Leonardo DiCaprio it's... and... Jean Linguizamo. It's pretty dang good. If you've not seen that, I like that a lot. All right. That's all. Now we should go away. You can find us at uh, bitemepodcast.com. You can find all the different ways you can listen to this podcast. Like if you were just, I don't know, found this on a tape on a bus or something, you're like, how would I listen to this going? You're going to die in seven days. Sorry, man. It sucks. Go to bitemepodcast.com. We show you all the myriad of different ways you can listen to this podcast, including things like iTunes and Spotify, although Spotify is a terrible place to listen to podcasts, so I don't know why you do that, but hey, it's an option. Uh, you can find us on all the socials at Bite Me Podcast. You can follow us on, uh, let's see, you can talk to us on Discord at bitemepodcast.com slash Discord. You can contribute to our Patreon, like all of our wonderful patrons, at uh, patreon.com slash bitemepodcast. And Dylan, 
Fight me. 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 Fight me.